welcome to Trey Bond, the podcast where three best mates rant and rave about the greatest film franchise known to man. That, of course, is James Bond. James Bond 007. Did I what, Doug? Do you have that written down? That yeah, I've got a whole thing written down here yeah. now. I do, I do. I'm Jake Spear. Did you Don't, have that written down? Yeah, I did, just to remind right. me. Uh, and it's pronounced I'm, Jank Spear. No, Jank. it's not. It is. It's, it's not Jank my Spear. name. I am Jake Spear, and I am joined, See, unfortunately... Jank. It's Jank, I, sounds I, like it. I Unfortunately, as always... <laughs> with the delightfully dainty Darby Deck. Dainty? Ooh. Yes, he is today. I don't know about he that. He is today. And our MI6 expert, Mr. Brandon McClelland. Reporting for duty. Oh, the sultry, Ooh. dulcet tones. The body changes when he, when he does he the does, yeah, He does, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good evening. Good, good evening. night. Good afternoon. Um, Wherever, guten Tag. Whenever yeah. and wherever you're listening to us, um... How you going? I listen in the car. Do you? Yeah. Oh. oh I listen in the moving. kitchen. Oh. I listen to the, in the kitchen on my Google Home. Oh, oh yeah. aren't you, Mr. Yeah. Fancy? And oh. I set a timer for things that are in the oven while I'm listening to my podcast. So things don't get burnt. Sometimes, right. uh, if it's a weekend when I'm listening to a podcast... I Bluetooth up to my lounge room stereo. Oh, look oh, out. Look out. The same way that plays the, uh, the vinyls. That's the oh, one. That's a good little uh, hi-fi. Mm. Oh, let us know how you tune well, in. Well, how do you listen on. to Um Asking them to tune in when you haven't well, even said yourself. Well, I listen it's to rude. it on my phone. On your uh, phone. Uh, no. With headphones? With look, if, yeah. if anyone... Or do you list- just hit play on... No, I've got the- little earphones in to listen. All right. That's all Is right. Is that okay? Right. That's all right. That's okay. Oh, Look, it's a personal it, experience. Yeah. If you at home listening to this are listening on, on your phone, it's perfectly normal. Mm. Uh, it's just whenever Jake does something, anything, there, there's, there is a, there's a, an element to it that it's feels... It's the way he does it. Yeah. It feels uncouth. Yeah. This is absolutely outrageous. Well, you're outrageous. I'd like to know if you guys out there think it's outrageous. Get in touch. They at don't. Trey Bond? They do get in touch. They they think that we go too easy on you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who is DMing you these... Well, I delete them after, go- <laughs> so you don't get to see them. I don't want to break your little heart. <laughs> of course, of course. Send us an email, even. Yeah. TreyBondPod at gmail.com. That's right. Oh. TreyBondPod pretty much everywhere. Pretty Facebook, much everywhere. Instagram, Twitter. Do we have a tweet? Yep. We do have, have a tweet. Have we made any We tweets? have a single tweet, yeah. We made one? Yep. <laughs> it is literally a single tweet. Very good. That's all you need. That's, That's right. a presence. Oh, goodness me. Well, welcome. Let's head on over to MI6 headquarters and talk to M. M for McClelland. Oh. Mr. McClelland, what is our mission today? Our well, mission thought- today. <laughs> yes. Sorry, Daddy. I thought you were the agent in the field. Why would you be M? I know. I, it's different every segment. Yeah, yeah. All right. yeah. I've changed it up. Let's see. What but it makes sense because M does have to have an M. You're and doing M the, name. and he does yeah. the sort of mission briefing. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're not the agent in the field. Maybe you're the. Well, I think I can be both. <laughs> <laughs> Never let M go in the field. That's the thing. Jeopardizes. Well, double uh, O agents. Uh, <laughs> our mission today is 1974's. The man with the golden gun. Oh, goodness me. And I gotta say, it's a personal favourite of mine. Oh. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah. I think you? I say that every time. You do, you do. <clears throat> well, it's good. You have to look forward to a Bond you film. Do. You do. That's why to. are we here. It's yeah. why we do it. Yeah. It's why we do what we do. Yeah. I think I haven't actually seen this one in a long, long time. But you I have actually but you seen, have it. seen it. I have seen it. I think this is one of the ones I watched when I was a young and... 
Yeah, me too. Like a baby um, darby. Little baby darby. But we'll get into that in preconceived notions. Yeah, we will. We will. Yes. Well, here's one for you. Oh, yes. Previously on Night at the Roxbury. Oh, yeah. Previously. Thank goodness there's a previously. <laughs> It'll just help the flow. Just, just help us out a little bit. Bond was treated to a round of golf at Roxbury's meticulously designed replica of Pebble Beach Golf Links. Oh, they played the game, did they? Oh, yes, they did. Oh, yes, they damn. Did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And... Where Redwood Roxbury uh, mused over what possibilities endless time would allow the human race to achieve. Wasn't Roxbury right. cheating or something? That's right. No. He, no, he just got a hole in one. He, he, oh, beat, he beat Bond's yeah. kind of... He's genetically perfect. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bond acknowledged his being there as some form of imprisonment, but Roxbury promised him that all would be revealed I'll see a Goldfinger. Yes. Yes, that's yes. Goldfinger. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your honour, sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're about to do a dinner. Possibly. Right. Bond felt the familiar bite of the Macallan fine and rare Scotch whisky as he took his first sip from a chilled crystal tumbler while seated at the end of an enormous handcrafted redwood dining table. The luxuriously large dining room was styled in a very contemporary manner with a distinct Georgian flair. Contemporary Georgian. Mm. Redwood. That's where we are. Redwood. An exquisite marble fireplace flickered to the left of Bond. That's pretty Georgian. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna. He's typed it into Google. Yeah. <laughs> Describe the images. Yeah. What the fuck is Georgian? <laughs> and framed perfectly above the fireplace is Turner's Fisherman by the Sea. Oh, he's stolen that, the bastard. Mm. The soft greens and yellows of the original landscape painting complement the deep timbers and heavy curtains that surround the decorated dining table. The table setting was first class. Three glasses, dessert spoon and cake fork, cup and saucer, bread knife and plate complete with salad and service plate and cutlery to match. Mm. It reminded Bond of the Langham in London. Not the Langham in Sydney. No, not the Langham in Sydney. This whole remarkable scene was illuminated brilliantly by the William Kent multi-tiered silver chandelier gracefully resting overhead. Why William Kent? What's that mean? Well, He's a designer. Mm. Um, does the layman know this? Uh, well, the, if the layman wants to do a bit more Bond digging, they'll yeah. certainly find Is out. this a brand that appears in another Bond? No, mm. but Fleming kind of. was pretty well known for being like, here's a brand for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> what was it? William Kent. William Kent. Layered. It's a, a multi-tiered silver chandelier. And he's obviously stolen it. Everything's stolen. Oh. Everything's stolen. Jeez, Redwood. I'm beginning to think this... Well, you don't know. Yeah, Redwood Roxbury. That's his name. No, Edward. No, Redwood. (laughs) (laughs) It was established earlier. I don't think that's canon. It is. is. Redwood Roxbury. It's Redwood. Now it is. Redwood And he's got a Redwood table. He does have a Redwood table. All right. I'm beginning to suspect that Redwood is the villain because everything in this room is stolen. He's genetically modifying shit. He's got clones. And he's got clients. He's got a henchman. He's got a henchman. I think he's a baddie. I'm getting a sus vibe. I'm getting a real yeah. sus vibe. Well, maybe we'll find out at the end of this scene. We'll uh, see. Well. Pretty good, yes. The Scotch, 1926. I paid a fortune for it. Oh, 1926? Jeez. Oh, When's this Christ. set? This, well, the it's 60s. No, it's a 1926 bottle of Scotch, Macallan. When's the movie rare. set? Well, we don't know yet. It's... Possibly today. The man had a G700 jet. Yeah, he oh, did. Yeah. Mm. Did McCallan make scotch in 26? No. 
Well, we don't know. We'll have to find out. We're not going to find that out. Yeah, you never know. I pay attention to these things. Roxbury all but shouted at Bond from the opposite end of the awkwardly long dining table. Uh, Help yourself to another glass, James. What? (laughs) Bond begins to pour as a squadron of waiters flood the room from the double doors behind him that lead to the industrial-sized kitchen beyond. How are they dressed? Trolleys of roasted and flame-grilled meats. Weapons. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. It's just a... Military uniform. Military dress. They've all got uniforms. Freshly steamed vegetables, tropical salads are all laid out in front of him, enough to feed an army. Surely most of this will go to waste once this charade is done, thought Bond. Please, James, after you. As my guest, you are welcome to everything you desire. The chef's specialty is quite tasty, but I took the liberty of ordering some of your favourites. The scrambled eggs are to die for. Roxbury Uh-oh. giggles with excitement. How does he know everything that Bond likes? Ooh, oh, this is what I want to know. This is the answer know. that I need. Bond is served an assortment of delectables from the smorgasbord before him and casually samples a variety. You are quite the impresario, Mr. Rockspring, but I believe I am owed an explanation <laughs> as to why I'm being held here, albeit under quite luxurious circumstances, snarks Bond as he savours the scrambled egg and black coffee. What time of day is it? This is, this is dinner. <laughs> He's just waking up. Oh, oh it's dinner. Yeah, it's he'll dinner eat. He'll eat. He has whenever. it for dinner. Yeah, he'll eat scrambled eggs whenever. Well, of course. My apologies, James. I must remain true to my word. Sophia! Beyond beckons Roxbury through the main doors. Sing for me. (laughs) (laughs) Through the main doors of the dining room, the striking Sophia and brutish Bjorn. He's brutish. He's brutish. brutish They enter and take their place either side of Roxbury. Oh, dance number two, three, four. You see, James, the dice rolled in my favour and I made my fortune as one of the lucky few who emerged triumphant from Silicon Valley. But my eye was always set on a bigger prize. Thankfully, now I have the time and money to truly make a difference in the world. In my mind, for every technical problem there lies a technical solution. Technically. Technically speaking. (laughs) And what is the greatest technical problem that has continued to strike fear into the hearts of human beings since the days of Genesis, James? Windows update. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. It's death. death. Oh, of course. We are all terrified of our own mortality. What awaits us on the other side? Well, what if I told you? You never have to find out. Mm. What might happen if I told the world that I have found a way for them to live forever? But more importantly, how much would they pay for it? Mm. Because redwoods, right, they live for hundreds of years. Of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is very layered. This is very dense. (laughs) You're mad. No one would ever believe you. You're not the first travelling salesman to promise the world the elixir of life. Yeah, we've been amongst the first, for sure. In a while, at least. In a while, maybe. (laughs) That's true, but I am the first person to slow the ageing process so much that all one needs to do every ten years is take a pill. 
Everyone wants to live forever, Mr. Bond. I am merely the facilitator of humanity's greatest desire. Immortality. Now tell me, James. Isn't there something that even the great 007 might do differently if he knew he could have his time again? Bond unwittingly loses his grip on his cutlery, which clang about the dishes as he notices the sudden lack of function in his hands. Drugged. Oh. He's been drugged. An odd kind of numbness begins to flood his body. He fights to keep his eyes trained on Roxbury. He's been drugged. Yeah. I'd like to thank you for allowing Bjorn to return the final ingredient in my little eternity experiment, which will require one final round of testing before it goes to market. As you saw earlier, James, the human trials haven't been going so well. Oh. But I'd like to thank you in advance for your generous sacrifice in the name of science. Bond's vision is now severely blurred as he fights to remain conscious in a desperate fit to flee, Bond collapses on the floor and begins to crawl towards the door. Bjorn edges his way towards the hopeless agent as Roxbury tidies himself at the end of the table so well. and prepares to depart with Sophia. Take him to the lab. It's time for your checkup, Mr. Bond. Um. Your fact checkup! Oh. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's fact Well done, well done. There we go. Who knows what's going to happen to Mr. Bond now? Oh, He's in well, in a lot of trouble. Five, five, five more stories after this. At oh, least. Wow. At least. At least. I've got to try and find a way to wrap this up. <laughs> that, it's very good. It's very Fleming. It's very Fleming. <laughs> very Fleming. I wonder how close this is to the actual No Time to Die um, story. <laughs> I've actually predicted. Because, yeah, you may have predicted the fucking film. Because every time he talks about like immortality and stuff like that, it makes me think of the line of Safin where he goes, Your skills die with your body. Mine live long after I'm gone. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And I'm wondering... Well, we're there? entitled to some money. Yes. yes. Let's That's put right. it down here now. Eon? We want the rights. <laughs> yeah. We own the rights. To, to Night, Night at the, the Rock Spring. <laughs> <laughs> the ties that bind. Oh. So let's go all the way back. Actually... May I interject here Please. and put in a little mini fact check that oh. I realised I made a boo-boo uh, in the episode of Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh. oh. Um, I said uh, that, that, you know, you mentioned when we were in Vietnam, mm. you were like, oh, that bay is the, the bay where the James Bond island is. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 it's Vietnam, but it's not the bay. It actually is. Oh. That is the same location. We don't see James Bond Island, the actual right. thing. So, but it bow is. Bow before me. So I do. I bow before you. And mm. I thought today's episode was a good uh, time to rectify that mm-hmm. because mm. we are watching the film that features James Bond Island. I think this is a good first step in yes. your apology. Yep. <laughs> There's more to be done. There's more to be done. There's more Definitely. to be done. Definitely. The acknowledgement is... Uh, oh, I'm a, di- I'm a dirty devil. It's a start. Anyway, we go. That's what we want to hear. See how easy it is to do, Jake? <laughs> Just to admit when you're wrong. <laughs> to admit when you're a dirty devil. I'm a dirty devil and I shouldn't have said those things I said. That's because you are. I, however, am not a no, dirty you devil. You are a dirty oh, devil. Oh, I don't know. I think yeah. you... I think you're a dirty devil and mm. I, I get 
messages from the fans every day saying that you are a dirty devil. I don't see these messages. One, no, they one break your days, little dirty devil heart. These emails, these messages will come out. Show yeah. us the emails. No. We want the messages. Oh, look, the emails are not important. It was a, it was a private server. Like, <laughs> forget about it. You're a dirty devil. Devilgate. We want, we want the messages. <laughs> <laughs> the people demand it. Right, let's go back to the world is not enough. Yes, let's. What a great film. Oh, Jesus, was a good time. Was it good? And- now, there was a lot of talk about the pronunciation of nuclear <clears throat> yes. in this episode. I must admit, I believe I have been Eliza Doolittled by these two gentlemen, and mm-hmm. my yeah, pronunciation yes. of the word has been reformed. Excellent. Well, at least we achieved something. Yes. However, I asked if nuclear was a word. It is. No, it's not. No, it is a word. Not. No, it's not. A nuclear is a type of mollusk. Commonly oh, known. Oh my god. <laughs> Commonly known as the cancellate nutshell clam. Oh. So, in a nutshell, oh. it is a word. Oh. Thank you very much. So, it has it spelled N U C U L A. Nuclear. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Brandon said that the title sequence comes in at 14 minutes into the film. Mm. Well done, Commander McClelland. You are right. Oh, yeah. The title sequence begins at 14 minutes, 17 seconds. Yeah. <gasps> That's where I got the 17 from. Yeah. I was it's umming seven. and ahhing between 14 and 17. But it was because it was 14, 17. It's both. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a goofy goober. You are a goofy goober, Mr. McClelland. Now, what Bond films... Did Mr. Don Black do the lyrics for? Oh, okay. Let's have a guess. Brandon said in the episode that he did the lyrics for Thunderball, Diamonds, The Man with the Golden Gun, The World is Not Enough, and one other. And that one other, I'm going to guess to be... I'm going to guess that he wrote the lyrics to the song uh, that goes by the title (laughs) of... You only live twice. Ooh, no, not Ooh, quite. Darby, you want to have a guess? Would you like to have a guess, Mr. Um, Mr. Deck? <clears throat> what were the ones that he did do? The ones that he did do I wasn't listening. were... That I guessed. No, the, yeah, the, the ones you said, I wasn't listening. They yeah. were Thunderball, uh-huh. Diamonds Are Forever, uh-huh. Man With The Golden Gun, uh-huh. The World Is Not Enough, Yes, and One Other. It's not what you think. I what do you mean? Anything. What do I think? So then it would a brassy be... Barry on a, a brassy Barry on a Barry <laughs> track. Um, I'm going to say it's a little bit of a trick question. Uh, why? You'll see when I tell you oh, the right he answer. Didn't do any he didn't what? He probably didn't do any others. I definitely did one other. Oh, he definitely did one other. Yeah. Or let's lock it in with um, the li- he wrote the lyrics to Goldeneye. Ooh, uh, getting close. He actually did the lyrics for a little film called. Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh. oh. He wrote the lyrics to Surrender. Surrender. Oh, wow. So technically not a title sequence track. Not a title sequence so track. So you're a dirty devil. Yeah, no, I'm not a dirty, dirty devil. devil. It appears in the film. It does appear on the film. Mm. All right. It's a Bond song. <laughs> <laughs> They're the only ones he did? Yep. Wow, I was close. Mm. How old was he when he wrote the lyrics to that The World Is Not Enough? 177. Not quite. That's how old I thought he was. 112. No. no. 68. Ooh. 110. <laughs> <laughs> Don was 61 years old when he wrote the lyrics to The wow. World Is Not well, Enough. Way younger than I thought he was. He mm. was 27 when he wrote Thunderball. Wow. 
That's two years younger than me. That's no, no, it's not. One, one year. What are you talking Jesus. about? What am I talking about? God. Two years younger than you. Yeah, Darby's an old Ooh, boy. Soon. <laughs> soon. Yeah, soon. It's not June yet. Hey, what is Bond's car in the world is not enough? It's the BM- it's a BMW Z8. Brandon, you said uh, it was the BMW Z3. Yeah, that's oh, right. And I said, damn. no, that's wrong. Darby, exactly right, didn't yeah. think so. Yeah, I said, yeah, I don't think wasn't so, the Z3 yeah. in Die Another Day? Then Brandon said, no, 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 no. Z3 was in this Goldeneye. This sounds like two Vespa, Brandon. This sounds like There was only Vespa. one Vespa last time. <laughs> Just the one Vespa, yeah, really. Yeah, black coffee today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trying to sober up. Um, Bond's vehicle in The World Is Not Enough is the BMW Z8. Oh. It is. Which is what you said. Which is just the now. It is. It's the alcohol. Blame it on the hooch. Got you feeling loose. Uh, Blame it on 4. the hooch. 4.9 litre V8 alcohol. engine this boy's got. Would you believe it? Generating 4.9 litre V8. Wow. 394 vate. horsepower. It's vate, not vate. It's, I think it is vate. It's like when you type in a text H8. Like I H8 U. I send that to you quite a bit, Jake, and it's I hate you. Yeah. So if I write I V eight U, it would be uh, I vape you. He's so not saying I H eight U. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's a vape engine. Oh right, okay. I know a little bit about cars. That's just <laughs> yeah. he's a big car. Yeah, I'm a, a car. I'm, I'm a rev head. Are you? Are yeah. you? All right. A revs head. All right. Revs head. How much would a Z eight cost you in nineteen ninety nine? Nineteen ninety nine. Seventy two thousand. Yeah, you're looking at about seven hundred and thirty dollars plus tax. You probably <laughs> so seven hundred and thirty for the car, and the tax, <laughs> tax would take you up to about I would say forty two thousand all up. Right. Yeah. Right. It's all a lot of tax. Yeah. That's well, a lot of a, tax. It's Australia in nineteen ninety nine. US dollars? What do you reckon? US dollars sixty one fifty five fifty. Okay. Yeah, taking in the exchange rate, forty two thousand Australian would be about uh, forty thousand US. Wow. You guys don't have enough money. Ooh. It's $128,000. US. US, baby. Ooh, that's quite expensive. Oh, I hadn't added tax to my guess. Oh, right. So if you add tax, it's oh, somewhere yes, more than 120. Right, right, right. So which shoulder is Bond's injured shoulder? Left. And what Left. hand yeah. does he use to punch out right. the snow? I said it's his left shoulder that's injured, yep. and he uses his right hand to punch out the snow. I think he uses both. Brandon said, if I didn't cover this he in rock the fact check... He robots. You said, yeah. if I don't cover this in the fact check, I'm a dirty devil and the listeners should riot. Yeah. So I've covered it in the fact check, and I've even brought visual aids with me. Oh, oh these don't help God. the listeners, No, they Jake. don't, but they help us. Look but at that. But go to the scene in the movie. Okay, Ready? that's clearly that? his that's left his, hand up his on right the snow hand. wall. That's, the, that's his left hand up on the, the snow wall. And that's the right hand punching out... It. Through, through You've the missed snow a few there. frames yes. between. But what are the other frames? Where's the rest of the? Go scene? back and watch the movie. I've got photographic evidence. That's and hardly. He, look, there's the injured shoulder. There, it's oh, his yep. left shoulder. It's Pierce Brosnan wincing as look, Renard. Look, uh, look at that. Pushes down on it. Oh, clear evidence. You see, and look at those teeth. Look yeah. at that. That's a grunty face. Yeah. So there you go. All right. I was right. I'm not a dirty devil, Brandon. He's really determined not to be a dirty devil today. (laughs) You really are. But look, it's up to the listeners, mate. It's not up to me. Mm. (laughs) Hey, what has Sophie Marceau done in the last 20 years? Not much. Well, not much English. She's probably done a shit ton of French films. Brandon said he only knows her in this and Braveheart. So what happened to Sophie Marceau? 
Since 1999, according to her IMDb, oui. Sophie Marceau has appeared in 22 films. Films, yeah. Most of which are in French. Hmm. Right. Busy. Very busy. busy. Can you name any? No, go on to IMDb, Brandon. No, this is your job. This it's is the, the fact, fact check. check. Oh, if I do, if I come back with a whole list of films, just like a called couple. Rain Man. Just a couple. And just a couple. I like it when you go Rain Man. Well, you just wait. All right. <laughs> Brandon like, and Darby. Like, like yeah. Sophie Marceau has appeared in a number of films since yeah. then, including titles such as Yada, Yada, yada and, and yada. yada. Don't then go, and Yada, and yeah. 1932, Yada, Yada, yeah. which was a remake of Yada. You know, you just yeah. kind of keep it to two uh, or three. Don't tell us who made it and how many people are in I'd it and how much it made that. at the box I'd office. i never do that. And how much it weighs. Yeah. Oh, you keep telling us how much films weigh, <laughs> and that, that is, it's very confusing because no one uses that metric. <laughs> If it's a DVD or a VHS yeah. or a file, yeah. it's very it, hard to watch. Very difficult, Jake. It's it's not something that they do outside of Australia. <laughs> Brandon. Yeah. And Darby. Oh. Uh, you right. both agreed that there was a branch on fire. Yes. In Renard's introductory oh, here scene. We go. Oh, Are you gonna show us select clips of yes, this film? Yes, I am that, going that, to be that showing cut out the bloody no. how you zoomed in on Pierce Brosnan's teeth. <laughs> yeah, why did you zoom in? Just to show you how painful it was. <laughs> I said that the branch you're seeing is an illusion because when you look down from a particular bird's eye view shot, mm. the flames on the ground look as if they're burning the branches of the overhanging tree. I said that it's gas coming out of the ground that's causing the flames, not the burning branches. This is branches. just a fucking I'm right show. This yeah. is a, no, this Agreed. is fact check. This, this is makes you what? more of a dirty devil. No. Yeah, it's <laughs> adding to the image. Yeah. I then go on to say, yeah. I acknowledge... Blah, 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 wow, wow, wow. That's what you that they do. That they do acknowledge where they are. They say where they are. The devil's breath. Yes, exactly right. Brandon would like to know where exactly that is, so I'll tell you. It's a back of Pinewood. I'm not a dirty devil, and no one has to put that in the comments, right? I swear I said this in the podcast, so... didn't I? <laughs> That it's, the ba- it's a back lot of Pinewood. You did. You did say that. <laughs> Am I right? The devil's breath, Harry yeah. Potter said, is a fictional gas fire. So yes, it's a back of Pinewood. <laughs> <laughs> but, that being said, they say that it is somewhere... In the uh, Absheron Peninsula near Baku, which is Azerbaijan, oh. which in itself is known as the Land of Fire. So we've got another pretend island, one of only a few <clears throat> in the Bond world. It's a pretend place based pretend on a place. real place. Based right. on a real place. Yeah. Mm. And the real place is a place called Yanardag, which means burning mountain. Yanardag. Yanardag. And it too is a natural gas fire which burns continuously on a hillside on the Absheron Peninsula in Baku, Azerbaijan. It's wow. Yeah. Right there. And the branch? Well, I'm getting to that. Oh, are you? The flames <laughs> burn steadily as it involves a steady seep of gas coming from the subsurface. Gas. And apparently the flames were accidentally lit by shepherds in the 50s. And they just haven't bothered to put it out? No, because the gas is still coming out of the ground. There's, oh. there's this endless sort of supply of... And instead of farming that, using it as a resource, they just think it's better to burn it? Well, it might be a bit too hard to get to, maybe. The reason offered for the fires at Yanardag... Yeah. Uh, yeah. ...is yeah. the result of hydrocarbon gases emanating from below the Earth's surface. Now, high pressure... You're right, Dubs? You're right, this is how it happens. Yep. High pressure... <laughs> 
like the pressure in your head right now, yep. causes the gas to seep out through the fissures uh. into the air in the same way as turning on a gas stove. Right. So when you turn the knob on your gas stove, yeah. the gas comes out, right? That's right. When, it, when the gas the ignites... Fishes. <laughs> fishes. The flames continue to burn as long as there's fuel coming. So as long yeah. as there's gas under the ground... So how does it all not just... Well, how does your gas cooktop not just science, burn technology, your whole house down? Science, yeah, science technology, technology and science. But it's just like the gas is going to dissipate as it gets further away from the pressure, right? right. So it's going to get weaker and weaker. But the so fire ignite. goes where the gas is. Yeah, and the gas eventually separates and sort of thins out so it doesn't catch. All right, are the branches on fire? Right, so <laughs> here we go. As for the branches, you thought you saw... We did see. We did see. Oh, you saw branches, but they weren't on fire. Right, so... There's the branches. Look at that. That's look at not that. the branches I'm talking about. No. Nah. There's an overhead shot. That. Yeah. When they rock up. There, that shot. Yep. Look at that. The branches yeah, no, on the fire. the fire's below. The look branch, at that. Oh, get... Oh, seeked. That's an overhead bit of, shot. Bit of artful placement. That's You're... been my whole life, Jake. <laughs> You've just destroyed for, 20, for 21 years. <laughs> for 21 years, I've thought. The branches, branches were on fire. Do you know and how you this destabilises him? You have to do this? This is what fact for what? This is what the I'm Right is show. About. Oh, I can see that this yeah, is what it's become what it's about. about. <laughs> what I'm running thing is a little more evenly spread. Oh, right. when you're yeah. running things, it's nonsense. <gasps> nonsense? <laughs> it's we've got oh my goodness. great feedback. From Absolutely <laughs> wonderful feedback. <laughs> Release the messages. <laughs> All right, I'm a dirty devil. The branches weren't on fire. No, I don't think you need to admit anything there. I don't admit a damn thing. (laughs) I'll see you in court, Mr. Spear. (laughs) You better have a good lawyer, son. I have Uh, a great lawyer. Now, Christmas Jones. (laughs) (laughs) My lawyer is the truth. (laughs) Is it? Is it? Depending on how you see it. Now, Christmas Jones. Mm -hmm. Was she too young to be a nuclear scientist? I asked how many years a degree in nuclear physics minimum. What are you saying now? Are you trying to say it correctly? I'm trying to say it correctly because it still hasn't really sunk in. (laughs) Nuclear. Nuclear. That's it. Yep. So, was she too young? How long is a degree in nuclear physics? Darby, you said at least seven. Brandon, you're now saying ten. What did I say originally? Uh, You didn't say anything. Well, I'll say five. You're going to say five? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, just a bit of context here. In the 1999 VHS behind-the-scenes documentary uh, of The World Is Not Enough. Yes, Did you I watch it? Uh, not The World Is Not Enough. Yes, The World Is Not Enough. Yeah, The World Is Not uh, Enough. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> it's Denise... written in front of you. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> Denise Roberts. Richards. Richards. Denise Roberts is an Australian actress. She is. <laughs> Not particularly well known to international audiences, particularly not people who watch Bond films. But I had said that. Yeah, good for her. (laughs) She's a lovely woman. What's Denise Richards? I've lost the place. Now, Denise Richards says in the documentary that she is a nuclear weapons scientist. However, James Bond wiki puts Christmas Jones' occupation as a nuclear physicist. I would trust the source. Would you? You're making a wincy face. 
probably wouldn't. So, according to study.com, which is an American website. Yeah. yeah. Which she is. She's American. She's American. She is a website. She is a website. website. Yeah. Their education it. and career roadmap for becoming a nuclear physicist states that it takes about 10 years of study. Oh, that's what oh, I said. Yeah, no, no, I did say that. No, no, no. You're you both dirty five. devils. I said 10. <laughs> four years for your bachelor, two years for your master's, and yep. about three to four years for your PhD. But if you drop out one year into your PhD, mm-hmm. that's seven years. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. But if there's an assistantship before your doctorate... Of. Yeah. And a fellowship after your PhD, you could be up to 12, 15 years. So let's say 10. So right. she's not at the right age. Let's say about well, she's, 10. She's, she's in about 20. By the, yeah. time, by the time you get... Say she left straight out of high 26. school. That's 18, right? In yeah, America? like most Americans. In America, yeah. 18? If she started college you'd at 18 or 19. If you're pretty good at what you do, you're 31. You're 32. You're, yeah, like 28, she's fresh out of uni. She's not running pipelines. Yeah, no, no. way. At 28... You're 40. Yeah. She has, she has done graduated. a doctorate. Yes. You know? She's done the bachelor. <clears throat> she's done two years of master's. She may have done a, an, a, an assistantship before a PhD. Yeah. She spent time doing a PhD. There's probably a practical element in there as well. Yeah. She's 28, 29, ready to go, employable as a nuclear S- physicist. So it's a complete fallacy. But she would... I would imagine... Yeah, I think she needs to be a bit older then. Because mm. how old is she in the film? She's like 26. She's 28 at the time of oh, filming. Oh, damn it. She's 28. So technically... Technically? This is her first year in go. the real world. This would be her first year as an employable... And so since graduating nuclear, nuclear school... Yep. She has had to run away from some terrible past yes mm-hmm. to Kazakhstan and won the heart of James Bond yeah because she says she's running and hiding from something yes so yeah I don't know see her I think uni she fees needs, I think oh it's that's what tuition we said. fees that's what tuition we said fees. we did she's say she's running that. away from student debt that's yeah. now that's it all the makes next sense. fact check it all makes <laughs> sense <laughs> the average annual cost to yeah. study at Harvard in 99 now Oh, it's oh, much higher yeah, now. We're 21 years old. information oh, now. Come information. on. Everything you yeah. say, I will take with a grain of yeah, salt. I'll take with a grain of salt. Right, well. I will take it with a grain of salt. So if you're, if you're spending 10 years of study... Who said she went to Harvard, though? Well, I just started at the top. Did she say that she went to Harvard? No, okay, she, she went. You went to the top. Okay. I Let's went to the top. They've now. got a really great physics department. Right. You um, know, do you? I do, actually. Good I've that, spoken to the head of physics... The physics department at Harvard. At Harvard, oh, have, yeah. I have. In Boston, Massachusetts. I have, yes. Mm. Wow. Nice person. Lovely bloke named Avi Loeb. He's doing some incredible work with uh, microchip uh, spacecraft that they're going to send to Sounds another Sounds like planet. a Bond villain to me. It does. He could be a Bond villain. Avi well, Loeb with that name too. With that name. Avi, if you're listening, you'd be a great Bond villain. Yeah. We're just Think putting about it out it. there. Think about Think it. Think about it. Please. Please. So, if Christmas Jones is studying at Harvard, it's going to cost her... $71,600 every running. single year. She's running away from, from $716,000 worth of student debt. Wow. That's more than enough for me to run away from. Yes, that's that's quite a lot I'd of money. I'd be running. I'd be running. Yeah, mm-hmm. but whether or not those Ivy League schools are that much in 1999 well, slash from 88, 1989. 88 to, <clears throat> to 98, really. Because 99 is her uh, first year on the job. That's true. Let's say she's looking at 250K. Instead of five hundred, 
700. 700. Or half a mil. Maybe, maybe. half a mil. Maybe half a maybe. mil. Maybe. It's yeah. enough to run. You want to run away from that. Yeah. 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 Don't Time to go around. to Kazakhstan. Yeah, don't yeah. stick around for that. Brandon, you said that Goldie is a DJ in real life and that his character name is Bullion in the film. Y- yeah. Mm. Clifford Joseph Price. Is he known. why he changed his name? <laughs> Particularly if he's a, a hard edge music person. He is better known as Goldie and is a British musician, music producer, visual artist, actor, and DJ. Ooh. Goldie became well known for his pioneering role as a musician in the 90s UK jungle, drum and bass, and breakbeat hardcore scenes. Goldie is credited with the character name of Bull in the film. However, Zukowski refers to him as Bullion. Ah, excellent. Well done, well done. Now, what other early 2000s British film did Clifford Joseph Price feature in? Come on, mate. Uh, I'm going to guess, like, Lockstock or Snatch. Snatch, baby. Well done. Well done. Yeah, suited it, suited it. Brennan, you said that all of Brosnan's suits in the film have three buttons except for the dinner jacket. I believe so. Did you go back through the film and look at the suits? I might have. Ooh, lovely. Committed. (laughs) I'm sorry, Mr. MI6, but Brosnan suits do not all have three buttons. Really? All but one. One little pesky suit got away. This didn't have to come into the fact check. This is a fact check. This is a fact check. I'm interested to know this. All right. If you're making bold claims like this... Well, they are. I know one thing's for sure. They're all Brioni. Ooh. He had exclusive... The Brosnan years were exclusively Brioni. There you go. Well, the one Brioni suit with the single button is the one that he wears when he first goes back to the office. A single button? There's only one button in it. Right. When he goes back to the office after retrieving King's money, money. and he wears it all the way through the boat chase. And how many buttons were on the cuff? Usually three. Perhaps. Perhaps. We'll have a look. The suit that he wore as the Swiss banker Mm -hmm. went up for auction in 2014. Mm-hmm. How much? The whole thing. I'm okay. Let us guess. I'm gonna guess. Let me just say the minimum bid was advertised as twelve thousand dollars. Oh right. Twenty. So I was I was gonna say that the suit would have cost about twenty thousand. Did you say dollars? Dollars. American. American. Oh okay. I was gonna go in pounds. Um, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna say uh, language. Thirty two thousand dollars. Twenty-one. Ooh. Twenty-five. Twenty-five, all right. Twenty-five grand. Yeah, not bad, not bad. Pretty good for a suit. Did Peter Lamont design Tomorrow Never Dies? Oh, well. Brandon said he didn't, because he was too busy off doing Titanic. Titanic, maybe he did. Uh, Look, I'll say he... uh, I really should know, and I'll have to stick with my answer. Mm. You should because he didn't. Mm. Yeah, he was too busy doing Titanic. Yeah. It was and he Alan won an Oscar Cameron. For it. Alan Cameron. Alan Cameron. Ah, he did it. Some other Alan Cameron classics include 1984, Ooh. Willow. He did the whole year. He did the whole year. The whole year. Wow. Starship Troopers. Oh, The Mummy, Mummy Returns. Oh, really? Wow. Wow. Shanghai wow. Nights, Van Helsing, that Sahara. Stuff. He can do blockbuster. The Da Vinci Code. Oh. That guy worked a lot with the cinematographer then of um, The World Is Not Enough. Oh, really? Yeah, because he did Van, uh, not Van Helsing. He did like Shanghai Night and. There you go. There you those. go. Last cab off the rank, folks. 
What is the name of Electra's bodyguard slash henchman with the slick backed hair and the gold chain? Remember that guy? Yeah. What is his name? We couldn't we couldn't figure it out. Judgy. Starts with I'm gonna say it starts with G. Yes it does! Does it really? It does start with a G. His G- name Gerard. is Gabor. Gabor. Oh. Played by John Seru. Little something about Seru. I got very excited about this. Yeah. He was a pro wrestler who was trained by his father in Tampa, Florida. Right. He's apparently best known as Vulcan in the Australian TV version of Gladiators. <gasps> no way! He also played... The early 2000s one? Yeah. Oh, wow. He also played Lanos Bluis in Fat Pizza, 2003. What? what did he do? And since 2005, John Seru has run the Club Vulcan Gym in Manai, Sydney. You're kidding. Fellas, we have a bond henchman running a gym 30 minutes from here. You're kidding. Wow. We, we should go, go there. We are going we should do a to workout. Club Vulcan Gym. With Gabor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sick. Ladies and gentlemen, that's fact check. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, well much. done on the fact check. Well, it's time to go into... Um, well, our. I'm going to say it's back to being my favourite. Our favourite our segment. Yep. Um, and Jake's allowed to participate. It's preconceived because notions. Fact check was his favourite segment last week because I yeah because you did it yes because yes. you wrote it I wrote <sighs> it and it was a screaming success. Screaming I've never success. had so many emails. I and actually had to shut down the email account. Yeah, just because I release was, the email. No, I will not do it. <laughs> there are more important issues to focus this on. This is an outrageous. Claim. What are your preconceived notions? I want to hear yours. Mine? Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, this was my favourite film uh, when I was a teenager. Okay. It was one of the, the five that I had um, on VHS when, mm-hmm. when I first got those few VHSs. Um, VHSI. VHSI, sorry. Because um, it is Greek. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I love I love Roger in this. Yeah, there is okay. There's a moment in it which I don't know if it necessarily suits Roger's Bond. Sure, mm-hmm. feels a bit of a hangover from the Connery days. Mm, interesting. This is his second. It's his second. A year after Live and Let Die, mm-hmm. I think Roger. A year. A year. Yeah, they oh, went straight God, in. Quick. Straight into this one. Wow. Straight in. Um, it has. One of the best stunts in the series uh, that is ruined by an odd musical choice. Almost ruined by an odd musical choice. Not another Tarzan yell, is it? Similar. Similar, but not as egregious. Uh, But it has one of my favourite henchmen of the series. It has quite possibly my favourite villain of Mm. the original 20. Scaramanga. Scaramanga. Francisca Scaramanga. Um, The Bond girls in this uh, are okay. One of them's an airhead. She's probably the only one of the the real, like... You know, the I hate using this term, but bimbo blonde. You know how that was kind of the stereotype for Bond Bond Mm. women? Yep. That kind of... This is the film people use as the example of that. That said, there is so much to love about this film. I think there's a really good balance of humour and kind of the dark coldness. Mm -hmm. Some of Roger's moments in this are the best. The back and forth between Moore and Christopher Lee 
is extraordinary. Mm. It's a silly film, but it's a fun film. And you say it nearly derailed the franchise, or I mentioned it you didn't, mentioned it. Yeah, and I think the reason it, it didn't make as much money because it just came out too quickly behind Live and Let Die. Right. And I think by this point... It's a good way to go, this man is Bond, though. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, they were trying to capitalise because they were like, we're yeah. just going to get these out. Mm. This is the ninth film in the series, so I think there was also a little bit of fatigue setting in, sure. maybe. Um, you know, it had been 74, it's 12 years of Bond mm. being in the cinemas quite regularly. And I think people... It's like Marvel fatigue in a way. It's kind of like the Marvel fatigue and kind mm. of like how the Fast and Furious movies, you kind of get that thing of like, oh, maybe I won't see this one. Mm. I'll see the next one because yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to miss anything. Too much too soon. Yeah. I don't think... I, I love the theme song in this. I know a lot of people think it's dumb, think it's silly, but I think it's just having so much fun. Mm. There's an element of this film where I'm just like, you surrender to the fun. Sure. Because Live and Let Die had a real fun flavour to it. It, yeah. it, it did, yes. Mm. You're going to hate a scene in this film, David. <laughs> I know for a, for a fact right. that you will hate a, a scene in this film, but I don't think it's enough to derail the film. I could be okay. wrong. All right. I could be wrong. Mm. Um, <laughs> I can't wait to watch this film. And I'm... Look. I did this with Octopussy. Yeah, you mm. did. Where I thought we that were it was going to be... We were a little mean to Octopussy. We were hard on Octopussy. I'm going to say that now. I think we were maybe a little not in the right headspace. We did watch but it back look, to back. With it's an organic process. It is, and that was how we were feeling on the day. Yep. Mm. And I stand by most of what I said in it. The ending is stupid, guys. The, endi- the ending on. is stupid, and the, and the India stuff goes nowhere. <laughs> the India stuff goes nowhere. Um, but we've since seen Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, look, I hope I'm not bitterly disappointed like I was with Octopussy because I was quite hopeful going into it Mm. I don't think I will be with this because there's so much in there oh it's just full of flavour it's full of flavour what are your preconceived notions well Mr Spear um, I think this thing hearing you speak now I'm very excited to see this Prior to arriving here this morning, I thought this was probably going to be a little bit of a pile of poo. Oh. No. There was an element to this film. Hearing you talk about, oh, possibly derailing the the franchise and not doing so financially well. The fact that Maud is in it again. <clears throat> For the I, first time, yes. In her first performance as apparently quite a different character to Octopussy. Who? Maud, Maud Adams, Adams, who, who played, played Octopussy. She's in it again. She's in this. Yeah. As a different character. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it's earlier. The, the whole idea of an airhead Bond girl might be a little bit hard to deal with. Um, um, look, this is the one Bond location where I've actually been. Yeah. I've been to James Bond Island. So I'm keen to see what it looked like back in the, in the days of more. Mm. Um, look, coming back after Live and Let Die, one of my favourites, I'm hoping he's kind of bringing that energy into this. And look, you know me... I love a I love a good, fun, Bond film. Mm. I want a good time. I want to be thrilled. You have been let down by the fun, silly ones. Though, yeah, so there's far. been a couple of sidesteps that have yeah. been a bit too much. You've for me, been so. more attracted to, I would dare say, the serious, the, the back to root serious ones. Maybe mm. I. But have. You, the silliness in this film, yes, it isn't the silliness 
of octopus. Oh, absolutely not. No, it's a different type of silly. It, what would you say that it's, it, it's that it kind is? of it's more a playfulness. It is. I it's love it. Who directs this one? It's another guy, Hamilton, who did Live and Let Die. He did Live and Let Die, Diamonds Are Forever, and Goldfinger. See, he's got this kind mm, okay. of playful energy. So yeah. maybe it's not silly. Maybe it just is playful. Yeah, and there's yeah. there's not so serious. Mm. It's kind of let's have fun. But it st- can still treat its stakes seriously. Like those yes. films yes. you mentioned, they all have stakes. Yes, yes, you know, and things we believed in. Exactly, you know, as long as where the characters in the world are being respected, you can get silly. Absolutely. You Remember know? that feeling we had for the first hour of Diamonds Are Forever? Yeah, where you mm. kind of go, oh, this has kind of got its own. It feeling. was very yeah. Uh, I, suave. I feel good. Yeah. And then the elevator yeah. fight. Yeah, like, yeah, that was serious. So that that energy is the man with the golden gun, mm. right. but just a little more finessed. Okay, yeah. and and worked more towards. You can see where the Roger Moore years were heading. Yeah, with this okay. film. See, my only really are you? Is that yeah, I'm keen free? to hear what yours <clears> are. Now. Well, my only very clear memory of the man with the golden gun, and I hope I've got the right film here. Yeah, but I remember watching it quite young and being blown away by the villain yeah and I remember a hall a kind of room of mirrors scene oh yes and I remember the way that that was edited I think was probably one of the first things that's that sparked me to filmmaking oh wow you know yeah. that sort of mystery who is he like where is he yeah what the fuck is this? The way it's edited yeah. and put together and composed. It, yeah, I remember it really grabbing me and leaving a very lasting impact. That idea with the presence of this villain, which I remember being fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think he's up there. Like, I'm very excited to see him again today because he could be one of my faves, I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I really love Guy Hamilton. I think this will determine whether he is my favourite. Oh wow! Yeah, if he like like he may, it may not be my single favorite film, but him and his tenure could yeah, be right. like quite impressive mm. if he gets this one right. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, I'm ready for a bit of silliness. I'm sure it won't as long as it's not octopusy silliness. It's not. It's not. Um, oh god, I'm making a lot of big promises, but I don't think it is. <laughs> I don't yeah. think it is. For some people, this is one of the worst Bond films. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I've heard this from you. Yeah, some well, people. What's their? Oh, they just think it. Um, they think it's got a foot in both camps. I think is the big thing. But a lot of people just think it's got goofy moments, right? Mm. And and I will agree that the stunt. There's it's John Barry said that the this the the music cue he puts over one of the stunts, and it literally goes for like two seconds. This music cue. He said it's his biggest regret Ooh. when it comes to what he's done in the. Um, in the franchise he wasn't a big fan of the theme song he thought it was a bit silly lyrically mm-hmm. I love it I've just got memories of me as a kid just surrendering to this film mm-hmm. and being like oh great that is a that's just a great fantasy world because it seems to know exactly what it wants to be rather than I be- think so yeah you know, that kind seems to be my pre- preconceived notions it's that assurance it's when the silliness is you don't know, oh, God, are they going to drop Where this? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. snowballs and it gets worse. And it's like, if it's assured silliness and it's tastefully employed... Like, I even kind of like the tennis racket jokes. In yeah, Octopussy. Sure. In Octopussy, yeah. you know what I mean? I can abide that type of silliness because it's well executed. Yeah. You yes. know? And it doesn't offend. But yeah. if it 
offends, then we've got a problem. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll I'm, see. I'm keen. Well, gentlemen, Let's I think it it's time to out. pop in the Blu-ray for 1974's The Man with the Golden Gun. Well, gentlemen, we have just seen 1974's The Man with the Golden Gun. It's a bright, sunny day. I feel good. How do you boys feel? Boy, we've certainly seen it now. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've just been joined in the studio by <laughs> Sheriff J.W. Pepper. Patui! Wow! Let me see now. This was a lot of fun. Yeah! I liked it. I liked it. What?! Yeah. Did you actually? <laughs> I did. I didn't get that feeling from you at all. Yeah, I didn't love it. No. 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 But I liked it. You liked it? I liked it. All right. Mm. Do you want to elaborate or should no, we wait? that's it yeah. for me. Jake. Yeah, We've heard time. what Shay, J.W. Pepper said. <laughs> J.W. Pepper. We finally managed to get him out of the room. Um, but I loved it. I had a great time. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Again, I didn't think I was going to hear that from you. Really? Yeah, you were, what, were you. What did you think you'd hear from I us? I thought and how I was going to rate this about five levels higher than the both of you. Wow. I may still. <laughs> well. <laughs> this may be my first ten. <laughs> do you love it, do you? No. No, no. I don't. Oh. I don't love it. I don't love it. It's mm-hmm. not a... It's not a golden eye. It's not a... Um, well, what else have I given? It's not a The World Is Not Enough. Mm-hmm. It's not spy. a Living Daylights. It's not a spy. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of weak moments in this film. Yeah. A lot of moments where you go, oh, God, what are they doing? Yeah, yeah. And then moments got those. of just absolute, like, warm, fuzzy... Yeah. That's a Vespa Martini, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, I would say, first act, brilliant. Third act, really enjoyable. Mm. Second act is a bit of a hodgepodge mm. and Middle-air. doesn't know what it wants to be. Yeah. Gets a bit lost in the Kung Fu movie. Um, yeah. yeah. Which I think Live and Let Die manages to balance quite well the whole black exploitation meets bond film yes this kind of they like dabbles with kung fu for about 20 minutes mm. yeah. and then forgets about it yeah and, it does. and it's kind of unnecessary in the film um but everything that i thought i would love about this film in the preconceived notions i really did i Love Nick Knack and Francisco Scaramanga. Yeah, they're they pretty are good. fantastic. And I think Roger Moore is really good as Bond. He has, in that middle act, two moments that I think are unbecoming of Roger Moore's Bond. Mm-hmm. But if I think about it in terms of how Fleming writes Bond and how Connery had portrayed Bond, they're not entirely out of character. Mm. Yeah. He's a bit of a prick. He's a bit of a bastard. We definitely mentioned that a couple of times. Yeah. Ooh, a bit tough. Uncomfortable. Tough there, Uncomfortable, particularly uh, nowadays. And I'd imagine for certain people, even in the 70s, it yeah. uh, would have been uncomfortable. Let's talk about him. Let's jump straight in. James Bond. 
James Bond James uh, is how he says it. Um, uh, yeah. I thought Rog was quite good. Um, interesting to 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 hear you suggest you know a bit of hangover from Connery. Yes. Um, I think that's present. Definitely. In the, more in that more in arm this scene where yeah. he puts her arm behind her when she's mm. on the on the bed. Yeah, more in this film than in Live and Let Die. Perhaps he didn't have the time to do this stuff yeah. in Live and Let Die. He was too busy. Yeah, I think it's good to see Roger young. I think we remarked that he's kind of young in three films, more sprightly in, the, in his yeah. first three. It is nice to Even see Even Moonraker, actually. I think Moonraker, still a little he's, bit. he's still in his prime. Yeah, right? sure. Uh, he starts to show his age a bit in For Your Eyes Only. We've seen Octopussy. He's very old in that. Mm. Um, not disgracefully. Uh, a view to a kill he has plastic surgery hang on not disgracefully I'm going to go back I'm going to quote you (laughs) on that because I'm pretty sure plastic surgery in between Octopussy and a view to a kill he removes his signature mole no does he no way why did he do that Uh, is that the only bit of plastic surgery he does he gets a full nip tuck nip tuck oh my god nip tuck nip and tuck Oh right, Nip and Tuck. Don't be grasping his breasts. He had his nipple cut off. He had three in it. Oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a Nip and Tuck. Yeah, no, he gets a bit of plastic surgery done. Yeah, he goes the the full. um, What's his name? Burgess. From Burjo's catchphrase. Oh yeah, yeah. Neil, Neil Burgess. No, no, what was no, it? Burjo. Um, yeah, Burjo. This is for the Australian. This is for Australia. This, this is the Aussie list. This is the Aussie. If you're not Aussie, please Google this guy. What's yeah. his fucking YouTube. Don, Don Burgess. Don Burgess. Don Burgess. Don Burgess. Google Don Burgess. In, YouTube some old episodes of the Australian yeah. catchphrase. In a view to a kill. It's Roger Moore. Roger looks a bit like Don Burgess <laughs> from Burjo's catchphrase. Burjo's fault. Yeah, there's a bit of that. He's very smooth. Oh, one thing I was noting about him, part of what I think makes him so handsome is his skin texture. Oh, yeah. yeah he's been dead. in the sun. He yeah. has very golden. He's mm. a bit weathered. Very. Mm. Yeah. And, I mean, he's not a young He's not a young man when he does 40. these Bond films. Yeah, he was 41 in the first one, so he'd be about 42, maybe 43. I don't know where his birthday falls. <laughs> yeah, my big, my big uh, yardstick for Bond for what I want in a Bond I think is does he make sense as a character is he make dis- making decisions that are true to a centre mm. and I think yeah, he's you are the sensible one of the three of us <laughs> yes <laughs> I think he's, uh, he's you're mo- not driven by instinct and impulse <laughs> he's mostly like pretty ADHD real teenager. he's considered <laughs> he's mostly pretty real I think in this you say mostly I'm going to unpack that um, name name your moment where you think he's not real where he's unreal the uh, the car flip, the car flip. The car oh, flip. where he says, um, "I sure am, boy." Yeah, uh, no, well, I thought that was grounded. Did you think the car flip? Really? Just the car flip in general, and and Bond knowing that he that's that kind of imperviousness to the character starting to appear. I wonder mm. if you don't have a slide whistle over that stunt. Does that if change? you feel the same? Why way? can't it just be a jump? Why does it have to be a full corkscrew? Well, see, I think the slide whistle makes it seem mm. more It just improbable. feels like stunt for stunt's sake. Yeah, okay. Yeah, see, and yeah. again, I think that's that fucking slide whistle because it draws yeah. attention to itself. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Rather than it being like, okay, Bond sees, sees an opening mm. and takes it. So what is the actual opening? Like, if it is a dilapidated old bridge, we're getting into the thick of it now. Yeah. If it is an old bridge that's collapsed in the middle... 
why does it have the curve in it for for well, it's weathered to create yeah. to jump create design. yeah but it's also corkscrew it's weathered no it's no. not it's because <laughs> it is it's weathered I think there's a bit of that in this film oh that's what happens when <laughs> no you're right you're right it's designed for a stunt it is designed yeah, yeah, for a stunt it's designed for a stunt I'm more willing to go for it but I see what Darby's saying yes. and especially when Darby's big thing is like is he a reliable agent yeah, and, and you hate the incapable character. Bond, right? Not I hate the action star Bond. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah the superhero. Well, you don't mind the action Bond. star. I think it's the unmotivated. I'm putting. Words I mean, in your I mean, action star like uh, the the, the no, no, you indestructible. Think All right, <laughs> like that indestructible nature. You know, yeah. I like seeing Bond as someone who's taking the gamble. I think, oh, I think, yeah. seeing the river and seeing a good place to jump and doing it all in one to keep up with the villain is yeah. the right Bondian call driving past it assessing it turning around getting a run up having time for dialogue having the perfectly shaped jump the land yeah. with the slide whistle and the continuation it's doing the opposite of what I like I, I, I know what you mean because there was a moment actually today and it's the first time I've ever had this thought mm. was um, J.W. Pepper mm. actually says hang on the bridge is that way and it's like yeah if he just kept going, he'd come across another bridge. Mm. That makes more sense. <laughs> more this reliable. Way, you've doubled back. There's no guarantee you're, you're going to make it. that impossible jump. And meanwhile, Scaramanga's getting further and further away. You're right, Darby. Yeah. You're right. You bloody unpacked it. Just that- it's not just the slide whistle that's wrong with that. <laughs> it's not just the slide whistle. It's the construct. There's a bit of that going on. I don't know if there's... I can think of any off the top of my head. Mm. Are there any moments outside where where it's um, uh, Roger as Bond, uh, mano a mano, with another character that you think are are, are out of place or uncomfortable? Um, I think the farcical uh, goodnight stuff. Yeah, yeah, the goodnight stuff. Miss Anders and goodnight. Putting her under the, the closet covers and in the closet. Yeah. That's that's. I actually found that pretty gross. Yeah. I, I know I know that it was a different time, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's still like... And it doesn't work in a Bond film. As you said, the upstairs, downstairs. Yeah. What is it? Ealing Street? It's a, What was the name of the studios oh, that did all the old... Yeah, yeah. The carry-on films and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, and like Lady Killers, the original Lady Killers. Yeah, Lady. the yeah. old farcical kind of... It's like a Peter mm. Sellers kind of film. Mm. Yes. Which is it, ironic because it's... She Brent was... <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was... But she was... I know dating. what you mean. It's like... And he was. He was a dick. He was, yeah. a, he was dick. a dick. Yeah. But you put, you know, you're going to bed this woman, and then you take this other woman, good night, and you put her in the closet, so she's there listening to the whole thing. It's like, <laughs> what? Why does she need to be in the closet? Yeah, I know. It feels. Like, she's got get her, her out of the, the door. Get her, get her out of the door. To the hotel is yeah. right next door to the yeah. closet. Yeah. Just it's, get her out of the room. It, it's there for a gag, and it's a gag that doesn't age well. No, nah, it doesn't work anymore. Um, and to be honest. I reckon even in 1974, oh, we're seeing sure. the rise of feminism Absolutely. throughout, there throughout the world. There would have been up in arms about it. That, that, that just feels a bit old-fashioned. Mm. Yeah. Too old-fashioned, I, I would say. Yeah. Um, it's not enough to derail my pleasure watching the rest of this film, though. Mm. I know this is a silly film. Yeah. But I love Roger in it. I think he's, I think he's really solid in this yeah. he's really stylish he looks amazing he's doing so much stunt work 
Mm. Oh man, he, the, the the fight in the in the strip club at the very beginning with the there, belly dancer, with the belly dancer, yeah, fantastic, pretty brilliant. good, fantastic, pretty good. brilliant. He was really invested. Uh, the fight he's doing a lot. He's doing all of that fight between him and the kung fu. Oh, yeah. Is it is it kung fu? I imagine. No, no, it's no. Kung we'd have fu. to try and whatever the martial, what that martial art is that they're doing. Um, he's doing all of that stunt work, yeah. and I find him very believable. Yeah, and again. He runs after that car. Hello. I'm, I'm He's holding on to this. I want my point in the James Bond radio Boxing Day quiz. He hasn't I let it go. my point. If you are listening, James Bond radio, Tom, I know you are. Give me my point. Give the people their point. <laughs> Roger Moore is running after yeah, that he car. Runs. He runs. He runs. Checkmate. I'll see you in court. <laughs> No, but I, yeah, there's something about Roger in this film that I love. I love him in Live and Let Die, Man with a Golden Gun, Spy Who Loved Me, For Your Eyes Only. Yeah. It remains to be seen if I love him as much in Moonraker and A View to a Kill. They're the only two that we have left of his. Mm. But i got to say, his performances just in Live and Let Die, Man with a Golden Gun, and Spy, he's better than Pierce. Mm. And I think Pierce is currently sitting at the bottom for me in the Bond ratings. Oh my Because goodness. even though there are, you know, quote, quotation mark, problematic moments with Roger Moore's Bond in this film. Yeah. I never cringe with Roger's Bond. Mm. I never cringe. I might go, ooh, that's dated. But I don't cringe. When I watch Pierce's Bond, I go, you should know better. Yeah, and you're actually leaning into it too much I always find with Roger that he is trying to no matter what the scene is doing uh, no matter what the writing of the scene is doing he's always trying to lean into A. either a cold secret agent on, on a mission mm. or gentleman yeah. he's always trying to play gentleman playboy I want to try and articulate a he's thought. Not, he's never lascivious for me. He's never yeah. lascivious or hang lecherous. Thanks articulating. Oh, hang on. Hang yeah. on. We're going to take 10 minutes. We'll probably <laughs> cut here, but in 10 minutes we'll be back. Jake's just formulating a thought. Dum, 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 yeah, right, I'm right, I'm right. I'm here. We don't have the rights dum, to that tune. Uh, but it's fine. It's parody. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen closely, we were doing parody. Words. I went a different way, yeah. but it was more because I thought it went that way. You were yeah, taking the high you. harmony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. The thing I find with Roger is that there's a danger where he could become a kind of unflappable Bond. But I think the way he handles this kind of water off a duck's back, gentlemanly, suave style... Make I like to say water off a deck's back. Water off a deck's back. Oh, yeah. in Derby deck. Yes. 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 Yeah, you are a slimy, slippery little thing. Aren't you? Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'll see you in court. That's my client you're talking slimy? about. Slimy? You call him slimy. <laughs> That's slander. <laughs> Jake oh. Spear, you're a dirty, dirty devil. We've derailed his point. He's, you, you have. You have. What point does what he was? have? His point was to discredit you and disparage you. That's Actually, libel. That was my I'll point. see you in court. <laughs> slimy. <laughs> if anyone's slimy, it's Slimy Spear. <laughs> that sticks. Oh, that does stick, actually. It's got He's a double O Derby Deck. You're Slimy Spear. No, I don't have a name. I've been described as delightful, yeah. uh, dainty, yeah. whimsical. Whimsical. Dimsical. <laughs> Sorry, I see you were going for an alliteration thing. I was. Yes, yeah, you were. Yeah. 
Back to my point about Roger. If you yeah, have go one. Um, which I do have do one. Do you? Say it. I think the reason why he doesn't come across as this kind of unflappable bond, which mm-hmm. I find sometimes with Connery, that he's expecting every, that he knows all the answers. Or, or who else? Who else would you say? Um, I think... Say it. Say his goddamn name. <laughs> say his goddamn name. Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. You've heard it on the podcast. Jake Spears, the Dirty Devil. Uh, I'm not. Um, <laughs> it's because... What am I saying? I don't know. I'm not in your brain. It's, it's because... He's we're in your head, it, but we're not in your you brain. Are, you're definitely in my head. That's get you sure. in the game, mate. <laughs> there's there's something about his adaptability that it's like even though he's kind of going that gentlemanly suaviness, yeah. of, which could be interpreted as I know what's coming. Mm. It just he gets I don't know I'm frazzled now. You no, played, I think no, I know what like, you mean. He's, he's not got, unflappable. He he he's is. willing he to go with it, the change. Spins it another way. He's like, okay, well this is happening now, so well I'm just going to try this and see what that kind of happens. Yeah. He's he's solid and stoic, but still fluid. Mm. He's got a good poker face, I think. Maybe that's it. That he's sort yeah. of like I'm in the shit here because I didn't expect that to happen, but because I'm a gentleman super agent and a really classy guy, secret agent, yeah. I'm gonna whatever. Super. Uh, I'm going to keep my face here and go, no, all right, I think I can handle this. Um, I'm going to try this. Yes, and he gives you that, that split-second glance into, oh, fuck, I didn't think that was happening. Mm, yeah. He does give you All right, here we go. Mm. He's, he's got, he allows you to see him Thinking. readjust and find his Thinking. footing, mm. but yeah. he finds that footing very quickly. Mm. Uh, whereas Brosnan... I think is guilty of at least in Tomorrow Never Dies. I do die the another day. Yeah, it's like no, no. I've read the script. Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna sniff this dead woman. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, the yeah, thoughts yeah. and opinions of Brandon McLaren. <laughs> yeah, look, I think uh, further to that, Jake. Mm-hmm. I think I prefer it when. Roger isn't thrust into this unflappable territory yeah, when he's allowed to play more his own game, I guess. Well, I de- think this detective this, bond in this. The detective bond in this was all lovely stuff. Yeah, yeah, when he was in charge and things were going his way. Yeah, when things start to go the opposite way for Roger, I think it starts to become all a little bit messy. The when Roger's way in control, in it's the bond film I want to see. When yes. Roger's in control, it's the Bond film I want to see. When he yeah. becomes subservient to the set piece or to the bigger nature of the film or to the silliness, then I don't like him as much. What would be yeah. the biggest example in this film of that? Um, Your corkscrew stunt? No, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. I still feel like he's Bond there. Yeah. It's a little like, okay, here comes a set piece. But yeah. I don't know if it's so much what you're what talking, talking about. about. Mm. I think actually a little bit the high fat stuff. Where the he high. first goes to high fat's compound and he's pretending to, to be, be Scaramanga. Scaramanga. Mm. Yes. And then when he returns in the linen dinner jacket, the yes. white linen dinner jacket, there's a little bit of bomb. Yeah, and like, also, also the good night stuff. Putting Goodnight in the Closet. Same kind of deal. Oh, yes, I get you. You know, I'm I serving the story, I'm serving the comedy, and again, yeah. it all comes down to that not honouring the... Yeah, the it's truth. like they haven't found that balance of Moore's persona 
and that's Bond. what they're trying to do yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. but in The Spy Who Loved Me it's perfect it is perfect the balance is right it sure bloody is I mm. think that I think for me though this time round yeah there's there's definitely more good stuff than bad stuff mm. really oh yeah you guys were so hard to read. That's interesting <laughs> because because when I w- I kept like checking over with you guys because I was like, oh, I'm I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> this is a guilty pleasure, and I kept looking over at you guys, and I was like, oh, they're not they're not as into this <laughs> as I thought. Maybe particularly you, Jake. That's I was interesting. Like, maybe he'd be a bit more into this, but oh, I don't know. Ooh. I think I'm alone here. <laughs> no, it's it's interesting because like. Last week, with our last Brozzy film... Yeah, World Is Not Enough. Yeah, I was... I was cheering and very yeah, excited. You very you were. Yeah. And I think... You gave it a 10. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Wow. Baba booey. And this one, I wasn't as vocal and I wasn't as sort of energetic and like... That's because I don't think this one for me necessarily was a Bond film of like... Oh, wow. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Look at that. You know, it was oh yeah, the ADHD bomb. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Which I I love. Yeah, you do. But You're this, our ADHD correspondent. I, I am. I'm a sugar kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a sugar nineties kid. kid. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think there's some there's a re- there's a lot of really good stuff in this one that I was kind of just like, yeah, yeah, just slowly sort of following along and kind of I don't know. It was a silly kind of party Bond film, but it wasn't a real kind of rah-rah jump up and down. Mm. The middle... adrenaline sort of Bond yeah. film. Yes. It's not, it's not bottom of the list, but it's not top of the list. The middle part sagged, for sure. I think oh, the, the middle part. Well, yeah, the middle part definitely sagged. sagged. But I think the, what I'm trying to describe is sort of the, the energy level of it. Of mm. like, It's not kind of a high-octane Bond extravaganza. Oh, yes. It's, it's, I don't know. It's still a, it's still a light... Lighter, what about, about Roggi? What about Roggi? Uh, Roggi, though, I mean, for me, I think Roggi's of the ones we've seen so far better than Octopussy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He's far better in this. I thought he was. I thought he was very handsome. I thought he was handsome and stylish. And you damn straight. The the classic gentleman Bond. I thought he had a lot of great moments. Is it his best? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's his best, no, personally. Yeah. I don't. I think Spy is his best so far, yeah. followed closely by Live and Let Die. Yeah. The one. That's the one film. Yeah. And then that is yeah. <laughs> not not Live and Let and Die. Let die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I would say Man with the Golden Gun, and then Octopussy, very very far below that. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Where do you rate him though? In this, in all of this, mm. I think that would be a similar hierarchy. Do I you th- prefer him in this or Live and Let Die? Because Spy is definitely your top. Spy you for sure, game. for sure, he's fantastic. Look, I think Live and Let Die is better than this. Yeah. This is a nice companion film to Live and Let Die. Yeah, I in think anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the shoehorn J.W. Pepper stuff aside. Yeah, God, which does not need to be in it. Well, that's what I was saying in the preamble. 
that's the stuff I knew you wouldn't like. Ugh, and it's pretty much stupid. the whole of that middle that section. That middle section. Yeah. When we go off on that American car chase. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why are they in AMCs? American cowboy. Yes, American cowboy. I know. But again, trying to appeal to that American audience. If Live and Let Die did yeah. so well in the States. Well, J.W. Pepper was a huge hit. He rated very highly. And very if they're high. hedging their bets and trying to make a lot of money on this one, which unfortunately they didn't, um, they thought well, well they made good money they just didn't make as good as Live and Let Die right I don't know the figures off the top of my head I'm sure I'll hear about it in fact <laughs> next week <laughs> but the thinking being if that if Live and Let Die did so well let's put a bit of JW back in there yeah no yeah Live he, and Let That Die yes he does not need oh. to be in this film oh you got it <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't need to be in this Not at film. All. I want to talk about him right now. Fuck it. Forget the order. Forget right. the, the formula we usually go into. Mm. I think he's the low point of the film. I hate J.W. Pepper. Yeah. You I hated wanna, him in Live and Let I Die. I want a t-shirt yeah. that says it. Yeah. I hate everything he stands for. Maybe Ooh. we make that I hate into a bit of merch. stupid hair. His stupid red hair. Oh. Obviously dyed. Yeah. And it's a comb over when he's sticking when he's his sticking head his out. When he's sticking his head out, it's blowing him. It's like, oh, wind. Sure, he thinks he's such a funny man. Yeah. Uh, Looks not good. I really don't understand. I mean, maybe it's a different time, but the amount of racism that comes mm. out of the That's man's disgusting. mouth yeah, it's disgusting. is really intolerable. And he doesn't get a big enough payoff... Like, in terms of... He doesn't get a big enough comeuppance. No. That he doesn't really that's, get any. No. Because even when he gets arrested by the... What country are we in, then? By that time, Bangkok. I think we're in Thailand. We're in Thailand. Yeah. So when he get, It is Thailand? Well, whatever the police force Bangkok is... Bangkok is the capital of Thailand. I know that, but yeah. I'm not sure if we're in Thailand. We may be. I'm not sure. I've had quite a few Vespa Martinis. <laughs> we're not in Thailand now. No, we're in Sydney right we're now. We're in Sydney. But... <laughs> Parramatta, Sydney. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Maybe. My name's Brandon. Yep. You're Jake. You're Darling. All right. I'm still... Uh, look, I can still drive. <laughs> <laughs> you live here. This is, your, this is your house. You don't have this to drive. House. You don't have to drive anywhere. This you don't have to go anywhere. I have to drive. I should be careful. Yeah. yeah. Not for a couple of hours. No, no. We've got a barbecue after this. Mm. Um, look, even when he gets arrested by whatever police he gets arrested by... Yes. Um... He doesn't get enough of a comeuppance. He's still spouting bloody... I'm not going to say the term that he uses, no. the PH term that he uses. Yeah. He doesn't get enough of a comeuppance. In, in Live and Let Die, he gets a perfect kind of button comeuppance. Yeah. Where he's humiliated... And proven to be a bit of an idiot. Yes. In this, he where it's kind he's of kind celebrated of a, in along like, for the ride. Look, I don't want to even indulge this character's character arc. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. He doesn't have one. No, he doesn't he's have one. A he's, cash a, he's a dumb racist. He's a dumb racist. But I think my point was, if I may, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the thing is that. If he's going to be that dumb and blatant a racist, to, yeah. you need to fucking humiliate that guy. Yeah. And he's not. He, no. He's he not. kind of... He's on Bond's side. And Bond kind of is like, oh, he's harmless. <laughs> yeah, which it's annoyed like, me. He's not fucking harmless. He's a police officer. He's a, what, a sheriff or something? A yeah. lieutenant from, mm. Louisiana. from Louisiana? Like, that guy holds a lot of bloody power. Mm. And he's a goddamn racist. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Fuck J.W. Pepper. 
Get out of here. What did, we, what did you call him? W.C. Penny. W.C. Fields. W.C. Fields. J.C. Penny. J.C. Penny. W.C. Penny. Fuck W.C. Penny. Fuck him. He shouldn't be in this film. And he actually, he's a big deflator of this film. He really brings it down, doesn't he? He really brings it down. Because that whole chase could be brilliant if it was done in the same way they did it with Live and Let Die. Where it's just the chase. Just the chase. Bond outsmarting the people who were chasing that's him. right that's what Darb said when he was watching he was like this yep. is trying to be the boat chase mm. and that yes. so then yes. it didn't stick the landing no it doesn't no, it stick didn't. the landing not at all it doesn't use uh, J.C. Penny as well as it does in Live and no, Let Die I know you don't much. like him too much in Live and Let Die but I actually think well he makes sense he, he makes sense in, in he's Live in his own Die, jurisdiction and he's made fun of more mm. this it feels too much of a celebration yeah and what the fuck is he doing in Vietnam? Yeah, or he Thailand, whatever there. country we're in. Mm. He wouldn't go there. He's an absolute racist. I know that racists from Australia go to Bali all the time. <laughs> but people travel. This is... It's a bridge too far for me. Yeah, the convenience of it. I'm okay with a bit of convenience in a Bond film, but convenience with him? Mm-mm. Why him? He doesn't advance a plot. He's absolutely ridiculous. Let it be on the record that Trayvon does not stand. We yeah. do not endorse. We do not, we do endorse. not endorse Stan J.W. Pepper. Whoever is running against him, we will endorse. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, but back to Rogie. I'm going to say it. Yep. I love him. I love him in this. That scene where he um, has Miss Anders on, where he goes goes into her hotel room yes and she's in the shower yep it's a little bit it's, it is a little bit on the nose nowadays mm-hmm. but there's quite a bit of um, there's quite a bit of um, there's a, a shadow of Severine from uh, Skyfall right mm-hmm. uh, in terms of Bond walking in on her you know while she's in the shower I actually think it's a little more distasteful in Skyfall because that's 2012 Mm. And it feels a bit creepy because he knows what her profession is. That's one of the moments in Skyfall that really takes me out of it. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know what her profession is. Uh, you know What's her a, history. What is her profession? Well, she's a child sex slave. Oh, jeez. That's not her profession. Well, it is. That's She's, she's a lady she is hired by Silver oh. to be a sex slave. Child? Oh, God. Uh, from a child, yeah. Oh. yeah. She's <laughs> grown up through that Macau sex trade right um, that's gross I'm sorry I should have said a warning before I jumped into that but mm. anyway I'm sorry um, but there there are shades of that in this um, but and, and I know that he's very aggressive with a woman on the bed he puts her arm behind her and, and, I, and I know nowadays that is very distasteful um, but there is an element of her being one of the bad guys yeah uh, presumably to bond he's trying to find out you know someone someone's put a hit on his head yeah and he is trying to find out who is trying to kill him and as far as he's concerned she works for that man Uh. um i understand that some people have a problem with it and i completely understand why um so i'm not going to try to defend that scene but I think that there are brilliant moments with Rogie where he has that cold Fleming-esque um, kind of characteristic to him. Yeah. When he is uh, 
interrogating Lazar, the munitions. Ooh, yeah, maker. oh, I love that scene. Mm. That and is he's brilliant. kind of like resting on he's the rifle. Resting on the rifle, swiveling it around. Swivels it around, oh. takes the shot, and he's like, You're quite right. An inch too low. Oh, and then he adjusts that sight. That's brilliant. Good Bond. That is classic Bond. Mm. And I wish that Roger leaned into that stuff more. It's why I absolutely adore For Your Eyes Only. Mm. I know Roger personally had had problems with the colder element of Bond. Mm. He wasn't as comfortable doing those moments. But uh, when he does them, I think they're his best moments Mm. as Bond. Yeah. Roger could have been an extraordinarily good, cold, blunt instrument. Mm. Mm. And I wish they'd lent into that a bit more. Here's a question for you. Do you yeah, think yeah. Roger Moore, as Bond, well, his performance gives us the most colour to the character of Bond? Do you think How his you kind of breadth of performance across his tenure... Shows us more light and shade of the character of James Bond compared to the other character compared to the other actors. Oh, look, it's tough. I think Sean Connery is one of the best actors to have played Bond. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen his two best performances, right? And I think that's from Russia with Love and Thunderball. I think him in those two films. You're getting Bond. It's, t- it's top quality Bond, but it's top quality Bond. I, I know what you mean in terms, in terms of the of original the spectrum 20- of whether or not it's what we want from James Bond, but you feel yeah, like you know got, you know this version best. Well, you actually well, we're might, getting some of the darker elements. We're might, getting some of the lighter comedy elements. You might like, be onto something there. Pull all of that off. Roger does get some of the darker moments in this series, and he also gets some of the wackiest, zaniest, lightest moments. And he does manage somehow to pull those off. Mm. I can't see Sean Connery in clown makeup convincing me there's a bomb in there. <laughs> yeah. But when he when Roger does that in Octopussy, it's one of the most memorable moments. I, I have absolutely that film. believe the panic and desperation that Roger is trying to communicate. If you were to if you were to think of the portrayal, oh, Christ, of you might be on this. Roger might know, be we'll the see. best. Of the if you were to think of the pot- the portrayal of James Bond as as an octave of notes yes. musically, yes, Roger is giving us the full octave. This is my this is my hypothesis. Yes, yes. he's giving us the f- let's follow this the f- <laughs> the full octave of notes. Yeah, you a full octave or two octaves? Perhaps even more. You're right. Two octaves is a good thing. Let's stick to eight notes. All right, eight notes in this Fine. octave. Fine. <laughs> Fine, it's Bond. Sean Connery, say, hypothetically, is only giving us four, five, maybe six notes. <sighs> Dalton gives us less. Lazenby gives us less. Brosnan See, gives I us less or more. I would argue that Dalton does a pretty good, has a pretty good singing voice. He's <laughs> <laughs> got a fair range on him. See, for, for just two films, I feel like I know... I think that's why I've responded so much to Dalton. I know who he is better than I... I have a better read of him and I have a better understanding of what he's likely to do mm. when he's played by Dalton yeah. and when he's played by Moore. Moore's a bit unpredictable for me because he seems to be, as he said, he can kind of go he's anywhere. More, and he's a bit like jazz. Which, which feeds, he's a bit like no jazz. Where he's which feeds like into my argument that Roger has a wider range. Which he aids his well pre- unpredictability because yeah. it might go all the way up to the higher range. It well, might go all the way down to the darker stuff. You don't really know. But Connery's also got films like Diamonds Are Forever and You Only Live Twice. Mm. 
I think Connery Connery's got close he's to got a few that extra notes but I think you're right I actually think more in his spread of seven films touches on a more dynamic range in terms of the character's exploration but don't you feel that the that the the range displayed in the living daylights oh look I'm not saying that I, I think Dalton is of the original 20 films I think Dalton's the best actor but to have played Bond what I'm saying though is that you get more of a sense of his full persona in one film than you do of Roger across four or five I, I would say with with Timothy with Dalton I should say I don't know him on a personal first name basis with Dalton Tim Tim with Tim Tam, um, <laughs> I get, I get a fully formed human being. Yeah, but in terms of getting a fully formed human being, each of us have limitations in terms of our personality. I think within the Roger Moore portrayal over those seven films, it's not a consistent yeah person. But I do get that wide range of portrayal of what Bond could be. Film to film, it's different. I mean, the 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 more the Roger Moore of Octopussy is not the Roger Moore of The Man with the Golden Gun, mm-hmm. nor is it the Roger Moore of Spy, For Your Eyes Only, Living Let Die, Moonraker, or A View to a Kill. But in each film, he is showing us a different uh, color. No. Color is he though? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I once you. I, <laughs> I think I don't know. I think, but I it's not a consistent one. Mm. Whereas Dalton has a wholly consistent, fully fleshed out human. Mm. Do you know what I mean? In his films, in the same way that I think Connery's Bond is a wholly fleshed out, consistent Bond. Mm. Whereas Moore's Bond, kind of is just like, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Brosnan's Bond is too tightly... I'll cons- do whatever I want yeah. to do. I'm going to do uh, an impersonation of Roger Moore. <laughs> and now Connery. And now Dalton. <laughs> and now something completely different. <laughs> um, I, I think Dalton is the best actor to have played Bond. In mm. terms of giving us a fully fleshed, uh, fleshed human being... Mm. He's he's probably the best. I think I'd probably agree with you. But more, I think I agree with you, Jake. No, no, it's just a hypothesis. A wider. Well, right. Well, fucking, I'm on your side for the first time in 15 episodes. (laughs) Go fuck yourself, then. (laughs) Oh, so close. (laughs) (laughs) You've shot yourself in the foot. No, I agree. I think more shows us um, Mm. a whole heap of different possibilities with the character and I think therein lies the criticism of him not being the best actor to play Bond yeah is that he doesn't really hone in on one you're a flip flapper yeah Mm. you're a kite dancing in a hurricane Mr. Bond oh very nice man it's a working little quote there well there you go what's the film what's the film that's uh that quantum no 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 Spectre oh it's a craggy boy Jake three Two, one. Spectre. Spectre, you're both right. It's Spectre. You just copied me. I had no idea. All right, who's the character? Three, 
Two, one, Mr. Blow White. Ah, oh, you're an idiot, Jake. It's Mr. White. What? You're an idiot. You're a dirty <laughs> devil, and I want to hear you say it on the podcast. No, I was no. Anyway, I think we spent enough time talking about Roggie. Look, yes. we liked him. We, we liked Rog. We liked him. We liked him. Is it his best? Absolutely no. not. Is it his worst? Absolutely Maybe. not. No. It's absolutely not. Tarby, <laughs> no, please, no, we no. talked about this. No, no, no. <laughs> Octopussy so far it yeah, has yeah, to yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. The pre-title sequence to the plan. Yes. Mm. Now we're in Scaramanga's uh, Hall of Fancy. Yeah, spooky his, ghost house. His mirror <gasps> uh, thingamabobby. It's trapped. Now, Darby, you're making a face. You said in your preconceived notions that you remember seeing this as a kid and liking it. I did, yeah. and then I Hall saw it again, and I thought, this looks like a stupid set. Oh. Oh, Darby, what are you doing to me? <laughs> oh, Where Darby. are we? Keep going. What kind Stream of conscious. camp world are we in right now? It's a Roger Ball, are we, baby. Are we it's on a man with a golden gun. The fr- friggin' island of Dr. Moreau right now? Perhaps. <laughs> Where are we? Perhaps. Is everyone on drugs? Perhaps. Yeah, no, I <laughs> don't know. It's the 70s. I think it... Yeah. Ooh. You didn't like it. You didn't Just like... Just about it now. It's coming Scaramanga's fine I don't like... Whatever Scaramanga's Funhouse, whatever that tone is, mm-hmm. yes, I understand that that may be iconic to Bond. Or, or I don't know. Is it? I don't know. It because feels I don't very like Manka, it. Manka, Wits. help me out here. Mankiewicz. 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 We've spoken about this many times on the podcast. <laughs> Mankiewicz. Yep. Mm. It feels very Mankiewicz. I Who don't know. If... Maybom would have gone with a fun house. Maybom seems to be. It just the... feels very sixties. Diamonds and living that die. There's something about mm. it that feels playful and kind of punk. Pre-punk, I know. Yeah, yeah. There's this kind of like, why not? If he's got millions of dollars, why would he not have this weird fucking with a hitman's gym? Al Pacino. Yeah, he's Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Jesus, <laughs> Jake. It's Al Capone. Al Capone. Al Capone. I've got Cowboys. the Irishman on the brain. It's, it's the hitman of the time. This guy thinks he's a hitman of, yeah. of all ages. The gunslinger, the gangster. Yeah. He has a powerful weapon. He charges a million a shot. An assassin, yeah. second to none, the man with the golden gun. The construction, the construction, the way that the title sequence played itself out was pretty good. The title pre, sequence pre-title, itself, pre-title, pre-title. Oh, the pre-title the sequence. The way it played out and the way it built, I thought was fine. Yeah, uh, but you don't like the set. I don't like the tone. I don't like the set. Oh, okay. I think the tone is a little bit of an infection in this film. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel that playful. Energy, which I think I might actually in it to Hamilton. Is Ooh, who I'd be willing to. Not Mankiewicz. Not Mankiewicz. Wits. Mankiewicz. Wits. Just said it, Brandon. All right, Jake. I've been drinking. I think he really dug it, and I think he went for it. He was like, oh, you want to do that kind of a thing? And then amped it up, is what I was feeling. But um, I will say the Funhouse has a slightly cheap... To it, it does. Feels like they don't have as much money. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels like which I love because they lean into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Roger Moore being a mannequin and fucking the Al Capone mannequin clearly blinking before. <laughs> 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 it just kind of feels like he was going for Disneyland, and he got super cheap sideshow alley. 
Uh, you got you got mm. movie world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, he wanted a Disneyland ghost house, right? Yeah. And yeah, you sort of, yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. I know yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, Magic Mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Marimbula. Marimbula's <laughs> Magic Mountain. Google it if you don't know what we're talking about, because I guarantee you, absolutely none of you know what we're talking about. Marimbula's Magic Mountain or Jamboree. Where you control the action. Oh, mm. not a sponsor. No. <laughs> um... I adore the pre-title sequence, I'm going to say it right now. Yeah. I absolutely adore it. Um, there is something camp about it. That's as camp as I get. Yeah. There's, there's something about that campness that, that feels like it's covered in this kind of sticky webbing. Careful. Oh, easy. <laughs> there's a sticky webbing around the campness here. I wouldn't yes. touch it. Yes. That I really love. I don't know if no, it's I childhood. Know what you mean about no, I don't know webbing. what I don't know if I know what I mean about sticky webbing. <laughs> but there's a childhood nostalgia that surrounds Look, uh, I know what uh, you that mean. pre-title sequence. The funhouse horror. I think of Dean Koontz. I think of Stephen King. I, I think, think the Koontz is there for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, you, you're definitely right. I just I'm trying to weigh up that feeling, that aesthetic. Yes. Against what I believe Bond should be. Oh, absolutely! And I, and I think this is an emergence and a new thing for them. And I think it it is infectious in the sense that it appears again. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. There's something about this film that I find it's dirty and grimy and camp, mm. and it's kind of borrowing on a little bit of what Diamonds Are Forever is doing in its first act yep. that I really love. It's the... it's the Only a Bond film can do it. Mm-hmm. Only a Bond film. And I can't put it into words. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> 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 that. We'll cut that. No, we won't. I don't know. I think we will. All right, fine. I bet. I bet. <laughs> You heard it on the podcast. That's what my burp sounds like. I might make myself another Vespa Martini. I might even do it on air. (laughs) Talk us through it. No, there is something about the campness and the ridiculousness of this film that is summed up in that pre-title sequence Mm. that just fills me with a joy and pleasure that very few of the other films do. Mm. This is the epitome of guilty pleasure for me, and that pre-title sequence sums it up. There's a cheapness to it, and yet there's also a ridiculous playfulness. Mm-hmm. The way that Hervé Villachez and Christopher Lee are, are kind of navigating that pre-title sequence, and the actor who plays... Um, the hitman slash gangster who is in Diamonds Are Forever and I wish I had fucking googled his name before this Mm. but I like to believe that that is the same character from Diamonds Are Forever yeah it's not officially but I like to believe that that's the same guy he's a hitman yeah gangster guy Knickknack has been like this is what I love about the pre-dial sequence Knickknack is Scaramanga's um, kind of 2IC slash butler slash henchman. But Scaramanga and him have an agreement that when Scaramanga dies, everything in his estate is left to Knickknack. 
So Knickknack hires assassins to come to his home, to his villa, his island, to try and assassinate Scaramanga. But he doesn't notify Scaramanga in advance. And Scaramanga likes that because that is his on-the-spot training. He never knows when someone is coming for him. So he is constantly sharpening and honing his skills. And that is what I love about that pre-data sequence. The way that Scaramanga, at first, thinks he's going into... I can't remember why he goes in. It's like to take a phone call or Mm. something is ready. And he goes into the house and then the lighting changes. The light goes red after the the gangster pulls the pistol on And Scaramanga then has to be like, all right, I'm going to use my wits. I'm here. Okay, Knickknack has got someone. Mm. I could die here. Time to train. This is my training. And I know that the, the fun house is a bit silly and camp and ridiculous. But I, I can't help, and I know that this is teenage, childhood fucking nostalgia colouring it, but I can't help but surrender to it. Mm. And I adore it. I absolutely <laughs> adore it. This is the campiness that I love. It's probably the only one of the campy Bond films that I love and I can't tell you why mm. I'm addicted I'm addicted to this film when that bloody Lulu theme kicks in mm. after he shot the four fingers off Ooh. of Bond and then we hear that fifth shot which I can only presume is his penis <laughs> <laughs> could be his he, fifth finger no he doesn't shoot the thumb off because no, we no. see it and then oh, we yeah. zoom in on Bond's face I think he's gone for his Doodle. gold member <laughs> <laughs> We go into that title sequence with that Lulu song, which I know a lot of you think is stupid, but most Bond themes are stupid. Mm. Dissect the lyrics. Mm. They mostly make absolutely no sense. Skyfall won an Oscar. Write down the lyrics of that theme. (laughs) They don't make any sense. So if you're going to come at me, if you're going to at me, I want you to defend the Skyfall lyrics before you attack Lulu's masterpiece. (laughs) (laughs) I adore this theme song. And I think, I think Maurice Binder Mm. has done a pretty damn good job on those titles. He's done a Morris job. He's done... (laughs) No, I love it. The way that he has that water. The way he's playing with the ripples in the water. The way the text transitions. I Mm. think having the one woman be our feature in that Mm. title sequence... Oh, I love it. I love that title sequence. It's actually one of the Maurice Binders that I'll give a pass. I think it's one of his better I struggle to I struggle to look at them at this stage. I switched off. Yeah, Yeah, you don't like the Maurice Binders. I've switched off. No, look, it's better better than uh, a woman on a poker chip. Yes. Uh, Oh, my God. What was that? License to Kill? Yeah. It has absolutely nothing to do with it. Maurice, wake up to yourself. It's better than the heat-seeking missile from the living daylights just getting worked in there, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it was... It was, in its simplicity, I think it, it held a kind of class. Yeah. I think it wasn't trying to do too much. No, and it features the golden gun. Yes. I love the play with the water. It's something we haven't really seen too much. We see it a little bit in the Thunderball um, uh, title sequence, which I think is a classic. Right. Um, but it, it's Maurice still exploring. I don't think he's kind of... Uh, hit that moment where he's like 
he's out of ideas. I just don't see much exploration from him. Mm. Like to me, we've you, seen him out of sequence, though. But, but you know, where it's like, to me, the the extent of that thinking is: I wonder if I could get the texts to have a water effect. Yeah, which and in, that's it. in 1974, though. Is fucking huge. But the rest is just the doing. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is in 1974. I think it is. I don't think it is. Fact check. Has anyone else been doing that? That's a hard one for you. (laughs) That's a very hard one. I'm going to be watching every single film. I I think it is. Because the way he kind of makes that text shimmer Mm. with the water and transition in and out, I was like, even if that's old hat, Mm. it was still well done enough for me. Mm. That's just my opinion. Yeah, you guys interesting can feel free to see. But it's just not a very complex idea. It's not, but it's 1974, and I love this film. <laughs> <laughs> but do you think that there's any merit in You're probably kind of not right. trying to overcomplicate things? That, that it's like, let's just keep this one simple, Morris. Oh, I'm not necessarily saying that there is. It's, I'm going to let you guys talk it... about this while I go and do a wee. Oh, I'll okay. be back. Okay, sure. I'm sure. just doing a, um, a wee break. So in. keep going on All right. Podcast. Okay, that's sure. Keep going. We will. Yeah, we will. If we stay really quiet, he'll panic. We, we might be able to hear it. Oh, <laughs> maybe. And then he'll panic. Oh, I think I've had enough of this podcast. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of him here. I've had enough of him. No, no, I can't handle him when he gets like this. That's two martinis coming out right now. Yeah, it is. It's going to take a while. It's <laughs> He's turned you the know, fan on. He has too. To cover it. Yeah, yeah. I can still hear it. I can just hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not fooling anyone. Mm, you no, won't be able to hear that. No, no, no. No, no. What were we talking about? Uh, uh, Morris. I mean, Morris. I, I sort of said, don't you think that there's merit of just keeping things simple? But you were sort of saying that it's, oh, it, I don't it's not really I think, yeah, keeping it simple is fine. I like that it's simple. Mm. It's more that this dickhead yeah. uh, was praising the uh, the kind of the in- ingenuity of the water drop font idea. Yeah. I don't think it deserves that praise. Yeah, I think yeah. it's too simple. It's a bit overinflated. It's a bit overinflated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. But uh, let's hear it from the man himself. Yep. Yeah. What do you want to hear from me? <laughs> You're a dirty uh, devil. Yep. And we won't hear anything else about it. Yep. We want we want the listeners to riot because you've abandoned the podcast. You've no, no, to the, the toilet. No, no. I just did a wee. You, you abandoned the podcast. No, no. Well, you two. This are has here. never been done. This is unprecedented. Except for that time I had diarrhea. Yeah. Well, Ooh. I'm allowed to do it. It's my house. <laughs> I love We're this film. On air. Yeah, that's all right. Look, you if you've got a problem leave. with it, look, if you've got a problem with it, um, type Brandon is a dirty devil in yeah. the comments of the next episode. Yeah. Um, this is next episode. This episode. No, no. Comments of this episode. Well, come back this, to this one. Well, yeah, okay. Come back to the post of this one on Instagram and say that Brandon is a dirty devil. Very much so. Uh, but I, I doubt anyone's going to do it because my email is flooded with complaints about you, Jake. So, <laughs> what were you talking about? I, was, I wasn't Morris. here. Morris, we're still talking about the title sequence. Yes. We're, we're ready to move past it. I think oh, we are. Okay. I think we've made up our mind. Mm. What, what did you say? You don't like him. You should have been here. But You'll what have to you have say? a listen back. Yeah, right. you'll have to listen now. I like him mostly. Yeah. You would say that. Yeah, well, mm. I did just say that. I agree with Darbs. I don't think it's an overly adventurous title sequence, but I appreciate the... Snake in the grass. The stillness. I leave for a minute. <laughs> stab me in the back. Oh. No, no, I think it's fine. But... I got stabbed in the back by a snake in the grass. It's fine, that's the thing, right? It's like... I, I, I prefer I prefer the um, the 90s 
Craig version. You like the Klein ones. Craig like... 90s Craig. Yeah, um, Craig calm. wasn't in the 90s. No, I was I want... absolute no, moron. No, that's not what I'm saying. I want oh. the 90s slash Craig. Oh, you have to you say, say slash. Because oh. otherwise it sounds like you're saying 90s Craig. Oh. And Craig wasn't in the 90s. Although, imagine goes, a ni- you're an idiot. Imagine a 90s version by slash. By slash. Slash. Oh, from... Um, Guns and Guns Roses, Roses yeah, right? Yeah, That's a Bond yeah. theme. Who was yeah. the lead singer of Guns N' Roses? Axel Rose. Axel, Axel Rose. Roses. They yeah. did a cover of Live and Let Die. They did. And Alice Cooper, who I thought was the lead singer of Guns N' Roses, <laughs> yeah. what did submit a, uh, a title theme for this film. Oh. For Which, this film? For this film, The Man Alice with the Golden Gun. Cooper. Alice Cooper. Wow. It's not great, but I think it inspired Weird Al Yankovic. In his theme, which he did for Spy Hard, yeah. there's a, a kind of little part of that which makes me think of Alice Cooper's What's Spy Hard? The Man with the Golden Gun. Oh, well, Spy Hard. Well, we will come we'll to be that. Right that. That is a Leslie Nielsen Bond spoof. Oh. And we'll be reviewing and it for the podcast eventually. The... He does the title theme. When was this made? 91, 93? Yeah, something like sometime. that. That'll be for the fact check. Yeah, yeah. We need to know that. We do. eventually, we will fucking review we'll it. We'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, I'm swearing. Who cares? I've had some drinks. <laughs> You've been to the toilet. Yeah, I've been to the there's toilet. A lot of, there's a lot of... More room for This booze. is uncharted territory. Yeah, you know what else is uncharted territory? What's that? Well, it's not really, but uh, I want to talk about the plot. Yeah, okay. I want to talk well, about this plot. There wasn't much of a one. Pretty simple. Okay, what is it? Assassin, he's uh, he's killing people. Mm-hmm. He killed the 009 or two. We're unsure if it was 009 or two. Oh yeah, two. well we know his name is Bill Fairbanks. We know Bill Fairbanks. I think Money Penny said 002. I think, I think she did as well. Okay, you fuckers. One for the check fact. Yeah, it's a check fact. Um, and then because I think it's 009, but I think 009 is then, the pussy fella. Sorry, Dubby. Sorry. And then. Bond gets a letter in the mail with his name on it. No, it's not a letter in the mail. It's a, a golden bullet. A golden mail. bullet with his name on it. With yeah. his number on it. His yeah. numbers come up. Yes, sir. It's on a bullet. His number's up. And um, and then we're thrown into a uh, whole adventure. Well, yeah. Well, Bond gets put off active duty. Yes. Because he's too much of a risk. Because at the time, he's investigating the Solex Agitator, which mm. could help with the... Energy, energy crisis, crisis which was a big thing in the UK at the time because oh. uh, there were shortages of coal and oil which they remarkably seemed to fix uh, in 1974 the but Middle East is, yeah they found more oil right is essentially the, the answer to the problem um, he's on the case of trying to figure out this get his hands on a Solex agitator mm-hmm. but then he's taken off the case because a golden bullet which says 007 uh, on it comes to MI6. They think that Scaramanga has a hit on him. And Scaramanga. Scaramanga. He's taken off active duty. Mm-hmm. And Bond says to M, look. What if I go kill him? Yeah, if I find this guy and, and kill him, if I put a bullet in him first, they. And then M's like, I wasn't going to say that. But 
but that's you've, what I, you've fucking read my mind you read my mind if you go and do it you've bloody done it haven't problem you solved. Yeah, solved yeah that's a problem solved oh, get out it. there you old geezer <laughs> oh, I'd love a Cockney Ann well that's that's what the Kingsman, franchise is isn't missing it's Kingsman oh yeah yeah no Colin Firth isn't Cockney no Colin Firth isn't but Eggsy yeah but Eggsy's not, all this mate he's not he a Cockney goes M, he's out a there. Cockney boss yeah but M. he's fucking Bond isn't he uh, yeah yeah. But it's not M. It's a Cockney Bond. We well, want to Colin see Colin Firth gets a bullet in his head in the first one. And then he's in the second one. He is yeah, in he the second back. one. Yeah. I, don't, I haven't seen it. It's not bad. Oh, right. Yeah. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. My brother loves them. Yeah. They're, they're his favourite films. They're not I bad. love them. I think they're great. Good fun. Fuck you, Jake. Well, it's <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway. I think it's a solid plot. Yeah, it's a solid plot. He goes, if I if I find him first and I put a bullet in him, oh, then... Then I'll be I'll be number one double oh seven, eh? <laughs> and M's like, yeah, you proper will. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you sort that geezer out. <laughs> and then they go to Thailand or some shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. they go to Bond Asia. goes to Macau. 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 Home yeah. of the world famous Grand Prix. Oh yeah. Not Formula One. Skyfall. Can we can we guess one? which Formula races at Macau every year? Two. Brandon? Two. No, Formula E, Formula, one. Formula Mario Kart. No, it's, it's Formula 3. Oh, uh, well, that's Mario Kart. No. Isn't it? No. Oh, isn't it? Totally different. Mario uh, Kart is one's reality, one's a uh, video game. Oh, well, there you are. Contrary mm. to popular opinion, uh, Mario, Mario Kart, Kart is not Formula 3. <laughs> it's not real. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Mm. Well, that's what you subscribe to this podcast for. These it's the kind of cutting edge information we we're supply. here to deliver. Right. Look, the plot is simple and it's how we complex, like it. Mm. and it makes sense and it doesn't. It's yeah, the recurring yeah, yeah. thing the that we keep talking about. Perfect bomb plot. It yeah, is. Yeah. It is a perfect bomb plot. It's yeah. vague enough, but specific enough. It doesn't enough. matter. It's fine. It's fine. That's yeah. what I'm coming to All learn. All you need is a MacGuffin. Hmm. Yeah. A reason for Bond to go. All right, I'm. I'm gonna properly fucking end you, Mister Bad Guy. <laughs> yeah, you need to give him that motivation. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mm. Because once, if if that goes, <laughs> oh, which God. is what we do, oh, he's spilling it now. Come on. Don't say that on the podcast. People think I'm an absolute gentleman. <laughs> what when I fucking talk like this yeah, and all yeah, that? Yeah, real classy guy. Yeah, real fucking proper, yeah, mate. He's, he's gentleman Ugh. Bond. Oh, look, I'll bleep it out. <laughs> if you've got that much of a problem with it, I'll bleep it out. <laughs> It'll be full of bleeps. It'll be full of bleeps. Because when he doesn't have a clear motivation, you get something like Octopussy, or you get the third act of Diamonds. That's very true. When That's the, very true. The wheels literally fall off. Actually, well, the wheels fall off in both those films, actually. They do. They do. And they do. I think there's something in that. Well, speaking of Octopussy, mm-hmm. I think we should jump to our Bond women. Yes. <laughs> Maud Adams is oh, right. an octopus. making an unsavoury. It's not an unsavoury. <laughs> no, she okay. plays octopus. Okay. Yeah, she plays Miss No, no, Adams no, no. I'm this. with you. I'm with you. I was a step behind there. Well, if you're with me now, I'm going to ask you to jump off. You put your hand up like that. What did you think of Miss Anders? <laughs> I thought she was uh, dignified. Yeah. Um, didn't overstay her welcome. Got killed. Um, great. Horrifying. Yeah, really. look. Yeah, but if you die, you're dead, and your body slumps. It doesn't, you know, sit stay up, rigid like that. Up in a chair. Well, hang on. This is Hitchcockian reality. 
That's the stuff I like. It's nightmarish. I like it, but you can't. That's not the cartoon. Oh, the line. You've got to still make sure. Oh, I see how she is dead, but I also see how she's alive. The only way I could see how she was dead was because she had a bullet hole in her boobie. But she was dead still. Yeah, and shivering a little bit. No, but she she was sitting so still. I don't think she shivered at all. Mm. She's the only one of the people that has to do the whole, like, I'm a mannequin dead thing. Where she didn't shiver. Al Capone shivers. Yeah. Cowboy shivers. Rodgy boy. Rodgy definitely. definitely Why don't they just get a frame grab and just stick it there? They probably didn't have the money. Well, they did it for the island when the sun array, solar yeah. array comes out. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's that's the money shot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think you're right, Dubs. I think she's very dignified. I think it's a mm. really great character. She's got a lot of... She's got this kind of class and high status about her. I think she's in a really awful place. You kind of really skyfall. Feel her desperation, right? Of like, get me out of here. Yeah. And that she's the one that sent the bullet as a as a warning, as a kind of come rescue me, 007. I do wish that he didn't sleep with her. Yeah. Because she is like Severine, and I wish that Bond didn't sleep with Severine. In Skyfall, mm. uh, she is essentially a sex slave. She's a victim. She's um, Scaramanga's kind of. He has to have sex before he does a, a hit. Yeah. And she's kind of that. That's all she to is him. to him. Yeah. And a, a bit of an errand girl. Yeah. As well. And so I wish that Bond didn't sleep with her because we'd at least have a point of difference between our villain and our hero. And I get it, Bond is the anti-hero. He's, he doesn't make the right choices. But, I don't know. As a kid, I didn't have a problem with it. As an adult, I do. Yeah, I think it it, it diminishes the potential sophistication of the film, I think, yeah. in a way. But you could have had an added layer of depth and, and yeah, sophistication within that character and within that relationship if you avoided that. She herself says, well, you can have me too if you want. Do I believe that she would go knowingly and try and seduce Bond in that classic kind of Bond well, way? Well, I think I she know. would offer that up, but it's a smarter writer to go, no, mm. you need to go back to him because he'll suspect something. Mm. You know what I mean? But it's the 70s and we're, we've got a bit of a 60s hangover here. And the formula is written Bond by men. sleeps with the girls. Yep, that's the formula, so they follow that. Um, but... I think Miss Anders is a way better character, way more endearing, way more interesting than Octopussy. Oh, for sure. Octopussy has no stakes. Octopussy yeah. has no conflict. Yeah. Miss Anders does. Mm. Yeah. Talk about MacGuffins here. It's life or death like, for her. Yeah. Absolutely. And she's used by both Bond and Scaramanga, and that makes her death even more tragic. This film makes... Maud Adams look like a much stronger actress. Absolutely, because she's given something to do. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, we have Mary Goodnight, played by Britt Eklund. Yes. I she was Who? better than I expected her. Really? Uh, yeah. Actually, I yeah uh, yeah. yeah. With, with all I this, thought, talk, I thought she was going to be a disaster. Yeah. I thought she was going to be a really. Disaster. I thought it was going to be all crazy, Mister Bond and my. You didn't think that. There's obviously a bit of that. There's a bit of that. There's definitely She's a bit of that. She's a bit fucking silly for me. I didn't think she, I didn't think she started off very silly. I thought no. we got a great sense of history between her and Bond and yeah. and and that relationship I found really interesting. 
but as the film went on mm-hmm. it got a little bit ridiculous a little bit silly yeah the relationship was simply he won't sleep with me yeah yeah <laughs> and then by the end she's just a like she's just a piece of meat in a bikini which well, is that happens to like a lot of Bond the women third act of diamonds mm. and Dr. No Dr. No yeah. and another one can you remember help me <laughs> I'm um, trying to think of like the Bond girl in the back end of the film being just in a bikini floating around in a bikini on diamonds Dr. No man with a golden gun your eyes only no we, we haven't seen, seen that. that I mean the spy who loved me no, that's Triple X. No, the, the girl on the... Triple uh... X? <sighs> on the oil rig, you're thinking of diamonds. No, not on the oil rig. <laughs> on the, on the Atlantis. <laughs> yeah, that's Triple X. Do you think she turns into that a bit? She's in a bikini for the end of the Well, she's in a dress. That's... She's in a revealing No, that is true. Dress. Yeah, I guess. It's okay. the same symptom. Yeah. yeah, it is a bit of the yeah. same symptom. You give me such a bloody hard time, you two. Well, well no, no, no. Now that you articulate your point yes. clearly, That's right. we understand yeah. where you're coming from. You've just got to use your words. We've well, just got to use your words. Do I have a sign around my neck that says Jake Spear? <laughs> oh, no, my apologies. Oh, Sorry. wait, let's take that off. <laughs> <laughs> Jake, you should be wearing that. Okay. Um... Uh, look, she's one of my least favourites, to be honest. Mm. I find her irrelevant to the plot. And the only reason she's there is so that she can put that tracking device on the back of the um, the matador that um, Scaramanga drives and then she ends up in the boot. And <coughs> without her, the film ends about 40 minutes early. Right, where do you think the film ends? Well, without it ends her. with Scaramanga being like, all right, I have no problem with you. See you later. If she does a boxing go, match, yeah. If she just stays put at that telephone box, she's got the solo. Do you think Bond will have, will have let him go? No, but look, then you've got a more interesting film. Mm. She's just there to be a piece of eye candy. Mm. I don't know. She's useless to me. She's one of my least favorite Bond Bond women. And I understand the criticism of her. She she is held up as the bimbo Bond girl. Yeah. And I find it hard to disagree with that when she backs into the Solex agitators. Oh no, with oh, her own oh, switch with her bottom. Yeah. Oh, dear. And then she's like, Oh, I can't figure out what switch it is. I can't read. Come on, you're an MI6 contact. You're, you're meant to be an agent. Like, I just don't believe that no, she no. is an agent. It's, it's bad writing. It's not Britt Eklund's fault. Look, no. I'm not saying Britt Eklund is the strongest actor in the world. But my goodness, the writing is not good. No, they don't treat it kind. It's like... No. When you write an incapable comic character, where are you meant to go with that? Yeah. J.W. Pepper. Well, uh, and stuffing her in the bloody cupboard while while Bond has his way with Miss Anders. I find that pretty distasteful and... Yeah, I felt really sorry for it. Ah, it's gross. It's gross. You wouldn't see it in a Bond film now and for good reason. Yeah, that is true. Fuck it. It's old. It's old hat. Yeah. Patooey. Patooey on it. That's what I say. <laughs> Favourite location in this film? We go to quite a few. It's got to be James Bond Island. Oh, it's, yeah, it's James Bond it's Island. It's, Bay, it's the one. It's the one. Which, beautiful. let us clarify, because Mr. McClellan, you gave yourself a bit of a fact check earlier on. Well, it is featured in Tomorrow Never Dies. Right. I'm going to... I'm gonna Find that out. You keep talking, Jake. Because here he goes, disappearing again, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, off he goes. Off he goes. goes. Yeah, bye. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Fangnar Bay, being off the coast of 
Phuket, Thailand, yeah. of which I've, yeah. I've been to. Now, you were saying that at, at the end of... Um, what was it? Tomorrow Never Dies. Well, it's not the end of Tomorrow Never Dies, Sorry. Jake. After the, after the sky at dive... At some point. At the sky dive, yeah. when Bond lands in... James Bond in Thailand. Vietnam. Which is actually Thailand. So, hang on. In the movie, Tomorrow Never Dies... So, it is Tomorrow Vietnam Never Dies, starring Pierce Brosnan, mm-hmm. was also filmed in the same general area of Phang Nga Bay. Right. As was... The man with the golden gun. But it was shot to be... Vietnam. Vietnam. There you go. Alright, thanks. But you don't actually see James Bond Island itself... No. ...in Tomorrow Never Dies. You do see Phang Nga Bay. So it's, it was a half correction. Well, I don't think we need a fact check anymore. Yeah, we don't need fact check. Well, I don't think we Excuse need me? it anymore. I don't think we need... Unless you want to write it. Oh, yeah, I could... No, no, no. I won't we'll be having any it. of this. Hang on, Jake. No no. no, no, no. I'm talking to Darby. <laughs> you, I'm interested. You're quite interested in that, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. I could do that. I could get someone in to read it for you. No, this is outrageous. I think as long as I didn't have to read it every week. Yeah, I'm right here. To read it. I'm right Jake, here. Please you stop can probably read it. Yeah. Yeah. I right. have if been reading it. Read it. Well, yeah, but if you want to read it, and Darby writes it. What's wrong That's, with my writing it? Well, it's just that you didn't pick up on my mistake. That you said at the start of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, look, location, Phang Nga Bay. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it was brought up a little bit earlier, perhaps not. Yeah. There is an air of vagueness with the locations for me in this film. I'm aware that we go to Macau, I'm aware that we're in Thailand, but for me... And f- Hong Kong Bay. Uh, Hong Kong Bay, you know, there's a... I don't know, I just kind of got a little bit like, so where are we now? Yeah, it does get a little bit like, confused, are we, particularly now with we're the in sumo wrestlers. Are we in, yeah, the sumo wrestlers, Japanese. the Japanese yeah. style. That feels like they got a little bit like, oh, it's Asian, who cares? Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. there's a bit of 70s racism there. Maybe, maybe, but yeah, it was a little bit, got, did get a little, a little bit lost but, on But that. I agree, favourite location for me is James Bond Island, oh, Francisco yeah. Scaramanga's oh, base. It's fantastic. brilliant. Yeah, it's beautiful. Least favourite location. I know Darby's. Oh, 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 go on. Say it for him. Go on, I can't. And then he'll say yours. Uh, It's the leaning ship. The office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't like that. Secret MI6 headquarters. That was the first sign that things had gone silly. Yeah, that was the beginning of the. A little askew. A little (laughs) askew. Yes. Don't be too clever, Jake. I'm I'm warning you right now. Don't be too clever. (laughs) We've got one clever, but boy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Darby. I was hoping you'd say that. Yeah. Well, it's um, not me. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> Jake's least favourite location... I don't know where I am. ...was... <laughs> Your place. Oh. Your favourite location. Um, what is it? Your least favourite was... Uh, one of the martial arts scenes. Oh, right. Mm. Well, I did make a bit of a comment about the Muay Thai kickboxing place. Say that again? I did have a bit of a comment about one of the Muay Thai... Isn't that Muay Thai? Muay Thai or Muay Muay Thai? Muay Muay Thai. Like the drink, Muay Thai. I don't know. Let's put that in the fact check. Fact check. Well, that's more work for you. I don't care. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe I won't do it. Stuff it. You'll do it. If you don't do it, you're a dirty devil. Ah, here here first on the podcast. 
Oh, I don't know whether it was uh, a least favourite location. You didn't like the boxing ring? No, I did. I did. Oh. I don't think it's my least favourite location. Okay. I, I, it's, it's, very, it's, it's a very brutal place. I'm kind of happy to see Bond in a kind of down dirty, kind of mm. very real looking place. What did we think place. of Ken Adams' final big set? I quite liked it. It was definitely It reminded set. me of Doctor No. Mm. Yeah, the big kind of vats. That was the thing. It really felt like a set. The sun gun that he's got, the consoles and stuff. It was Mm. very much a set. It was. Is it Mm. Ken Adams on this film? Probably. I'm going to Google that right now. Or is it Lamont? Well, because I don't fucking trust him. I know Lamont worked on this, but I don't know if it was... You know, thinking back to the credits now, I have a feeling I saw Peter's name in the credits. I did see Peter's name in the credits, but that doesn't really mean too much because I don't think he was production designer right. on this. So, I'm going on to... I mean, we're still very much in the age of Ken, aren't we? James he hasn't Bond sort of seated the throne yet. Not yet, but he didn't work on every film, do you right. know? Keep talking amongst yourselves. I don't want this to be dead air. Come on. Right. Well, well says the guy that leaves for the no, bathroom. No, guess what my least favourite... Oi! Oi! <laughs> what is my least favourite? Guess it. What is it? Least favourite. you got to guess it. Oh, I just said we're it, doing Jake. Guess. We're You've doing just guessed for each other. Work. Now guess for me, yeah. We're doing Brandon's work while he scrolls. He doesn't even have that in his what head. Is he called, that's what producing is. Brandon's least favourite location. Yeah, come on. I'm going to say... No, he loved the funhouse. He loved oh, the silly campness of it. I think his least favourite location is um, the. Uh, his name's Fat, isn't it? Isn't his name Fat? High Fat. High Hi, Fat. High Fat. I think it's High Fat's place. With You'd the, be correct. With the mausoleum yep, and the. You'd be correct. I don't like that. Thank you. I think it's a bit silly. I just don't understand that whole section. Yeah, I don't think that's a bit silly. I know. <laughs> I know why he's a potential lead and why Bond would go and investigate him, but like. Why is Bond captured there you go. and brought back? Man with the Golden Gun production design was shared huh. between P- Peter Lamont and Peter Merton. Oh, oh, Ken's not on it. So no Ken. So it's not a Ken Adam special. And it does show. But I think it looks like Dr. No. I think there's a bit of Dr. No in that. Yeah, definitely. In set design. With all of those vats and stuff like that in the control panel. My favourite design in the film... Mm-hmm. Is um, the dining table scene? Yes, between Scaramanga and it's a good Bond. Yeah, I love that. I love his hobby horse workout room with the bar, the kitchen, mm-hmm. the little. I love the the Scaramanga lair. I will agree that the um, the the ice water room. What is it called? What's that called? Liquid ice. Liquid hydrogen. Hydrogen. Liquid hydrogen. Liquid hydrogen. Yeah. Nitrogen. That, that liquid hydrogen, liquid nitrogen room. Uh, nitrogen, it's, nitrogen. It's a bit Dr. No, but it's not my least favourite. My no. least favourite is high fat. I think you've nailed it. There you go. I thought it was very impressive, uh, the scale that was given when Scaramanga and Bond are looking down on the... Uh, when they were on the, the gangway catwalks, looking down at that facility for the first time. Mm. That's quite nice. But to finish on my point earlier... Right. Yeah, why? he was I'm, making a yeah. point. Oh, I was halfway blah, through something. Blah, you blah. just interrupted. Why does Bond Don't end up... with him, Darwin. Well, I'm just calling it as I see it. No, he's... Right. Thank you, Jake. Mr. You've Mr. been Speaker. pretty absent this episode Mr. on your Speaker. bloody phone. I did one weed. <laughs> That's one more than you usually do. Yeah, well, fuck it. <laughs> Why does Bond end up being held captive and forced to fight uh, judo ninjas at a kind of 
I don't know, Martial Art Academy. That uh, was my least favourite segment. Is that, of that a film. part of High Fat's place? Is that a whole separate thing? Well, he makes then. out like, oh, don't kill him here. Don't kill him here. I don't want blood here. Yes. But it's like, just fucking kill him. Yeah, if you're going to kill him, kill him. Yeah, don't that feels him. like they, they didn't find a way to get Bond Did they just want a set piece to have yeah. him fight? They I mean, impressive, him. impressive stunt work, and I'm great yeah, to see great. Roggie getting amongst it, but it didn't make any sense yeah. to me. Speaking of stunt work, favourite <laughs> stunt? Oh, look, as a stunt, even though it is a stunt for stunt's sake, it's the corkscrew barrel roll. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's too. a great stunt. How do you coordinate stunt. that? No, it's amazing. They did that in one go. It took so much um, fucking, like, planning. It's a fair bit of going you know, into mathematics. That. Look, as a logistical And when, they, when he landed it, I can't remember if it's Harry Saltzman or Albert R. Broccoli, mm-hmm. he pulled out, like, a thousand pounds, handed it to the stuntman, and said... Thank you. We're not doing that again. Well, it wouldn't have been Harry. Just well, saying. Well, maybe it would have. Maybe that's why he was in. Uh, maybe that's why he was <laughs> throwing in cash trouble. around. But one of the producers was like, hand "You the, are getting this." Look, I'm going to nailed it first go and Baba Boy. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a stubborn boy here. The corkscrew is not a good James Bond stunt. Huh? It's not good. Mm. Don't let it fool you. Mm. All right. When we think of James Bond stunts, what do we think of? We think about dam jump. Dam yeah. jump. Why is the dam Rick's, jump so good? Because it's fucking impressive. And it's it done for real. The narrative. But it's done for real and it's impressive. But James Bond also needs to get into this facility in the coolest way possible. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. He's got to get out of the situation. Rick Sylvester <laughs> on Spy Who Loved Me. He's got to get out of being pursued by the bad guys. Yeah. I, I, it still makes no sense point. to me. No, it's a jump. It's a stunt. Look, for he, a should, he should just keep going. It's stupid. But then. I could say that damn jump, he should just repel down, down the side. Yeah, but that's but no one. No one's chasing him. It just doesn't need to be a corkscrew. It could have just been a jump, and the only reason it's a corkscrew yes. is to make the stunt more impressive. Yeah, which I it still, did. I still think it is impressive, though. Yes, it is. So it's. But the what do you want in a bump? That I'm gonna say it's. It's a good stunt. You know what else is an impressive stunt? What's yeah. That? The friggin' stupid helicopter in Tomorrow Never Dies. That's an impressive stunt. That would have taken some ingenuity uh, to rig yeah, up. Yeah, okay. You got a point. You the got way a point. he slides underneath the, the propeller blade. And maybe blade. Yep. it's just because it's amazing doesn't mean that it works. Mm. It's an amazing stunt in terms of uh, a stuntman doing that for real. Yeah, absolutely. Not taking that away from him. Would you say there is another stunt in this film? That's worthy of being the best stunt? Yeah. Not that comes to my mind. No. I would say that it's the best stunt. Does it make sense in the world? Absolutely not. Mm. Does it need to be there? Absolutely not. But of what we've been presented, it's the best stunt. Yeah. Is Outside a, of the hand Is there a bad stunt comment, in the film? A bad stunt. Yeah. A moment where you go, no thank you. Good question. Not that comes to my mind. No. What about you? Anything stick I out? Think, for I you? think the car chase is pretty solid, and the boat chase is solid enough. I was it's, very. It's impressed. a pale comparison to the boat chase in Live and Let Die. Oh it yeah, is. no doubt, no doubt. If I had to say least interesting stunt, it's the boat chase because the thing that bugs me with the boat chase is that it doesn't need to happen because Hip Lieutenant Hip just has to stop the car long enough. To let Bond in. In the car. That's Why right. does he drive off? Why does he abandon Bond when he's clearly that running after the car? Absolutely makes no sense to me. And his nieces are in the back. Going, like, he's, he's there. there. He's there. 
Uh, that was silly. That's their stunt for stunt's sake. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's get him in a boat. Let's get now him in a boat. Now it's the boat chase. Better way to get him there if you need to get him there. Yeah, yeah. Have the car being shot upon by bullets. And so then it's have disabled. Them, so, yeah, well, that's or, or they're not an zooming off to get away from the bullets. Mm. Yeah, didn't make much sense. I was actually really impressed with Roger in his fighting in this film. So was that I really too. stood out to me. Yeah. But Those two big fight scenes. Brilliant. Yeah. Well done, you, Roger. Mm. And he runs after that car. I want my dad's <laughs> point. Uh, favorite vehicle in the film? Oh, Darby, I know what yours is. Well, it's mine's the AMC Matador. Scatamanga. Yes. I think I'd have to Rust. agree with you. But now. can I ask? Hmm. Do you like it when it turns into a plane? I despise it when it turns into a plane. <laughs> you didn't like that, that would be moment. my least favourite vehicle yeah. in the film. Maybe that's my least favourite stunt. I know it's a miniature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that might be my least yeah. favourite stunt. Yeah. It's a bit silly. It's stupid. Yeah, it is a bit... It looks what like a station wagon up in the air. It looks it like does. an old station wagon. Yeah. Like, uh, lampoons. You don't want to buy that car. Chevy Chase's no, car. it's a bit cartoony. It is. Yeah. It is a bit cartoony. But that's also the end of the weak point of the film for me, once that car It does settle off. down. You know, for me, when it felt like the reset was when we had that gorgeous landscape shot of Fangnar Bay and all of those little the islands coming up and then the plane low. coming into shot yes. mm. and yes. that beautiful score yes. coming back. I was like, here we are. We're back now. Yeah. You've had your silly fun. Now let's get back into it. What's yeah. your favourite vehicle? My favourite vehicle? Uh, the more I saw it, the more I loved um, Scaramanga's car. The Matador. The Matador. I thought yeah. it was really, really nice. I do love me some American muscle. Which is what it is. So... That was good. I appreciated Bond's red, orangey one. The Hornet. The Hornet. Dukes of Hazard. His Dukes of Hazard, which yeah, for it me, very uh, much is the Dukes of Hazard. Gen- it's fucking generally, and I yeah. think we've already talked about it in the fact checks. But you know, that whole idea of Dukes of Hazard being on TV is you know, you can see those two things influencing yes. each other. Yeah, um, that's where you see a corkscrew barrel jump in a car. It's Dukes of Hazard, but. Um, Look, I, yeah, I'm going to go with Darbs. I think that is... It's a great... It's a great vehicle. I think... Look, I actually really enjoyed the plane that Bond flies into so Scaramanga's lair. The, the island. Kind of cool. That's I my favourite. I know it's an odd it. shape it's and everything. It's an odd shape. But I quite it's like it. It's a seaplane. Yeah, mm. it's That's got the landing gear on it too, but yep, it can yeah. land on the water. That's my favourite vehicle of the film. Close runner-up is the, is the Matador. Nice. Least favourite vehicle? The plane. Yeah. That's yeah. yours. Yeah, <laughs> the plane. That's... The plane is your least favourite. You just said you quite liked no, it. No, the plane car. The plane car. Oh, the plane the, car. The, the, but that's yeah. the Matador. That's the I same know, thing. but it's, no, it it's can't be your favourite and the least favourite. Are least we favorite. going to split? All right, because I will agree. I think that's fucking dumb. <laughs> it's yeah. shocking. It's dumb. I don't... I don't hugely love... The little um, boat that he's in. Sure. Yeah. But it's not as silly as, as the Matador. So the Matador is your favourite and least favourite of vehicles. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Wow, that's the only film you could say that in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah all right. I'll take it. I'll right. take it. Um, favourite set. I know we we kind of covered this in well, locations. Well, we did in locations, isn't yeah, yeah, a little bit. They kind of blurred blended, blended together. Sets and locations, particularly in this one. In yeah, this yeah. one. Mm. Um, okay, what did we think about the villain, Francisco Scaramanga, Mister Spear? Mm. Ooh, 
You're pausing. He's I am pausing. pausing. I am pausing. Because I want to say great. I think he then is. Then say it. I'm wondering if it's justified. Because I'm thinking Stromberg. I'm thinking Electric King. Now he's, now he's got me in my head. I'll find I mean, look, <laughs> I know you will. Put down those, put down those fists. Absolutely not. Um, look, I love him. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? I love him for the reason of being what you talk about, which now is a kind of thing that I like, mm-hmm. is the bizarro bond, is the dark bond. Yes, yes, anti-bond. An anti-bond. So much, it's so prevalent in this film. Yes. Oh, we have so much in common, you know, like, and he, the way he dresses and the way he speaks and all that yes. kind of stuff. I really love that. And I love that scene, the, the, the dining room scene. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. What's not to love? How does everyone know about James Bond? Well, he knows about him because he's a hitman. So he knows about him through the, the kind of black market of, of the trade. I guess. Mm. Him knowing about James Bond, I buy. <laughs> Tiffany Case knowing about him... I kind of buy because she's a member of Spectre, but there does it does tend to to get a bit much when some of the others know who he and is. And they know his drink and they know his yes, food. Yes, mm. yes, like, come yes. On. Redwood Roxbury knows about him. Red, right. Redwood, Redwood Roxbury's Rox- got right. a deep well of information. Very, very, very familiar. True. Very, very familiar. true. <laughs> um, it's like he's seen all the it's films. It's almost like... Look, my gut feeling is that I absolutely adore him because... There is nowhere else on earth where this man can exist apart from a Bond film. Mm. I think in terms of a great Bond villain, he's got the lair, he's got, you know, style, he's got class. <laughs> he's got style, he's got flair, <laughs> he was there. And so he became the nanny. <laughs> <laughs> like what, you know, he, he, he has a lair on an island, he's a hitman with a golden gun. He's like He charges a million a shot. He charges a million a shot. And he's second, a, second to none. The man when I when I go back to my sixteen thirty five day point plan of mm-hmm. what I want from a Bond film, yes, like he's ticking all of the boxes. So what's your problem? I don't know, but I think there is, is it, something. Is it that because Brandon said at some one point mm-hmm. he's so he's so psychotic, he's so deranged, and I feel like you said it because you've spent so much time with the film that you know exactly what he is <laughs> yes <laughs> I don't did we look at that behaviour did we really look at it did we observe the extent of his madness or did we just kind of glance at I think we and- did I think that scene where he comes in with Miss Anders after he's killed uh, the um, oh yes the Solex agitators designer yes um, and he he's got the gun and he rubs the gun over Miss Anders it's almost like he's treating it as his member mm-hmm. and the way he rubs it over her it's quite Ew. disgusting and yeah. and and quite psychotic there's something about that where because he needs to sleep with her before he commits his um hit his hit uh, otherwise they're not successful so that's kind of like his little um what is that called well good luck good, yeah his superstition yeah um, before before he goes out on these, so there's that, and then he comes back, and then he uses that weapon as like a. It's quite gross. Yeah, it's it is. really he really is. gross. Quite gross. Um, 
There's also that scene around uh, when Miss Anders is, is at the Muay Thai, the kickboxing. Yeah. And he tells that story about the elephant. And the guy comes and kills the elephant while he's sitting atop him. And so he pulls out a pistol and kills the guy. That's right. That killed the elephant. And he goes, I thought that I loved animals, Mr. Bond. But I realized that I loved killing people more than that. And there's this thing of like, oh, you are a psychopath. Mm. You enjoy... There's something missing. Killing humans. Mm -hmm. And then that that dinner scene on the island where he sits across from him and he goes, I've been following you for a very long time. We are the best. Here's to us, Mr. Bond. Mm. And it's mano e mano. The one who wins here is the greatest hitman of all time. There's this kind of megalomania around him that, that that he's kind of got this um aggrandized sense of ego about him which i just think is perfect he's not tempered in the same way that bond is he can be cold like bond is but he's mm. bond doesn't think that he's the greatest man in the world no whereas think, yeah. scaramanga thinks he is that inflated that, that ego for me mm. is huge i find his charm endless mm. I think I agree with all of that. Yes. It's, yeah, but like you, Jake, I was left with a little bit of a sense of... Didn't didn't quite enter the history books for me, but I think he's the type of villain that requires a dissection and thought. Perhaps. He's Perhaps. More, one of our more so, cerebral so what is villains. So yeah. what is it about Stromberg that hits you stronger gut, gutturally more so than Scaramanga? I don't know. Even though, um, for me, even though Stromberg is... Stromberg does much less... Yes, mm. I think Stromberg is is in that category of villain who is more of the intellectual as opposed yeah, to the, the brute. Um, would you say Scaramanga is brute? I would say he's intellectual as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but there was something about Stromberg. I just found him scarier. Mm, I think I'm with you really? on that. I found Stromberg scarier what than I didn't, okay. What I didn't like about Scaramanga in relation to the plot or the kind of decisions made for his character yeah. was that he, had, he already had a really interesting premise just being the assassin who wanted to be the best and kill Bond and all that. Why did he need some convoluted B story to the do with it, his... Solar? So, yeah. Ray, gun? Yeah, why did he need that? That feels feels a little shoehorned in. Yes, it, it does. But I, for me, it's always that thing of um, it, it's it's just something that's fallen into his lap, where mm-hmm. he's like, "Well, I ended up getting this Solex agitator, and I might as well make the most of it." So I'm I'll gonna, put it into all of the I've, stuff that I've already yeah, got built on my. I own. don't I don't understand everything about it, but I've had scientists who have who have explained it for me, and um, well, it's it's quite brilliant because high fat is the one. That wants the Solex agitator. Yeah. And then Scaramanga kills High Fat because he goes, uh, there's quite a bit of money in this, and High Fat. High Fat, I'd need him gone because he's seen me. Mm-hmm. So he kills off High Fat and he goes, well, I might as well become the chairman of the board and use the resources of High Fat Industries, which is who. High Fat doesn't want the Solex agitator released to the market because it competes with his coal, gas and oil interests. And so he kind of uses the resources of high fat industries and he's like, I don't care if high fat 
crumbles, I'll sell this Solex agitator to the highest bidder. But I've created enough of a demonstration to show that it works. Yeah, see, to that, it's just too much Why? Hit yeah, man, why? turn energy provider. Yeah, yeah. Well, he sees a golden opportunity. Mm. It's, it's but he doesn't make that decision... No, it's shoehorned like in. Then and, then and there when, when yes. he, with HiFat, because he's already built... The solar array and the hydrogen vats and well, that layer and the and the gut and the sun gun like that takes a long time to build it, on your it, isolated it, island. It does. I think they want us to think that he's taken the resources from high fat industries and built that into his facility over the course of the film. Over the course of the film, yeah. Which I, I think is a bridge too far. I didn't get that, but mm. yeah, it's a bridge too far. I think the whole Solex thing is is too much tying up loose ends. I don't yeah. think it needs to be there. If it was just that he was a hitman and the world's best, and he went up that's mano enough. mano I think against that's Bond, that would have been enough. I think they did overcomplicate it a little bit, mm. trying to make it hey, too Bond. Re- well. It's trying to make it too relevant mm. because the world was going through mm. an energy and crisis, too global crisis around May the bomb. time. May bomb. Yeah, oh, he's got to take well over the world. Yeah, he's got to yeah. take over the world. It's got to be high grander. Stakes, it's not personal. It's, it's too personal. We're going to make it bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although Maybaum is also responsible for For Your Eyes Only, which I think is quite a personal film. So Interesting. Yeah. Who is responsible? Who is? Yeah. I don't know. Well, there you go. Where would you rate him so far uh, just in the more villains? In the more villains. Let, uh, remind us. Remind us. So, so far we've had Kananga. Yes. We've had Stromberg. We've had Kamal Khan. He doesn't beat Stromberg for me. He's a close second. And then it's Kananga. Oh, okay. Oh, you think Scaramanga is above Kananga? Yeah. So I do, for sure. I'm not so sure. Oh. For me, it goes Scaramanga, Stromberg, Kananga, Kamal Khan. Right. Kamal Khan's definitely at the bottom. And I think Stromberg's at the top. It's just a matter of whether or not Scaramanga beats... Kananga. And that's a debate I need to have with myself. Well, I have with it right some now. Time. Go on. I mean, look, going off my gut. Say it right now. Go, 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 go. Who's number two? Stromberg. Kananga. Kananga. Because Scaramanga's reaching. Oh. Using McClellan's logic. Against him. Really? You're going to do this to me right now? <laughs> You're going to do this to me on the man with a golden gun? Are you serious? Look, you put me on the spot. I said I'm going to need a lot I more time. I didn't put time. you on the spot. I gave you absolutely a whole lot of time. I used the <laughs> copyrighted Jeopardy theme. <laughs> I'm going to need more time with Scaramanga to figure out where he sits for me. I think, honestly, he is one of the better Bond films. Top-tier uh, villain. T- he is a top-tier villain. But, but you put him third. I put him out third of four in, the, films. in the Rogies. So how can he be a top-tier villain if he's third of the four films? Yeah, that's just with the Rogies. Well, you just think that the Rogie villains are that good. Is that what you're yeah. saying? Is that what you're saying? Maybe. Is that what you're saying? Look, we don't know th- what you're saying. This is gonna be this is gonna be one of our last episodes. You know, the the, the later episodes where we actually <laughs> we're all a bit distracted right now. I'm pouring myself a port. <laughs> Would you like a port, Carmen? Uh, let me sniff it. It's delicious. You'd love it. 
Go on. Just a small glass. Yeah, have yourself just a small glass. <laughs> it's a grandfather tawny. You're going to love it. It's a little little too sweet for me, the old boy. No, just not. that'll do. That'll that'll do. Thank you very much. Yeah, let's cheers it on there. Oh, uh, there, we go. there you go. Uh, yeah, I, I think mm. we're going to have to wait and oh, for us to judge good. all Jake, of our... Jake, can you just let us review oh, this? That's God. very, very good. That is... I can taste the potato. Mm. Well, you sh- we should get you to a hospital. There's not any potato in that. Uh, it's grape. Ah, uh, yeah. But that's Sweet. all right. What would make it taste like potato? It's earthy. I thought port was from a potato. No, port is uh, aged wine. Yes. Which comes from a grape. <laughs> oh, no, I knew that. I'm just yeah. being... Uh, oh, oh, I get you. Oh, yes, he's yes, playing yeah, silly yeah, yeah, yes. silly yes. you're, you're, you're being a jake. I am being a jake. Yes. Oh, he's yes. Yeah. Goodness me. What are we up to? Scaramanga is a top-tier Bond villain. Mm. Yeah, but... I need with more time res- with him. Reservation. I don't believe you. His henchman, though, Nick Knack. Top tier henchman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. Thank, you. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. At no least question. we can agree on that. Nick yep. Knack is the best. Yeah. Yeah. Give He's a dog a bone. Oh, Nick Knack. Tabasco. <laughs> Love it. He is such a great actor. He- I wonder where it could be. <laughs> Sorry, I was just doing my Nick Knack. <laughs> I love him. He's my favourite. He's my favourite henchman. Favourite henchman? He's my favourite henchman. There isn't a better henchman. He's pretty iconic. He's yeah, pretty there isn't a better henchman. He's better me. than Jaws for me. Even in the Craig era. Wow. Incorporating that, because really... There's not I don't many. think of There's henchmen There's one Craig. henchman in the Craig era. Nux. Hinks. Hinks. You got the who, who is pretty good, but... Is he better Nick-nack, than Nick Knack? fantastic. He's fucking charismatic. Yeah. As all hell. Stylish. Great actor. Stylish. And he's a chef. Fucking sadistic. And he's a cordon bleu chef. GC <laughs> knows his way around that control room too. Oh. All right, here we go. We're on to... When he jumps up on that stool and he's up on the little the fucking seat rail there. Up and, oh, I love he, that It's shit. like he's been doing it for years. You get that sense of history with him, yes. right? Yes. This is a setup. This. Oh, uh, he's brilliant. Yeah. I, I mentioned this when we were watching it. And yeah. I said I'd save it for the podcast. It's, it's actually quite tragic. When you watch him... The added feat that I find with him is that when you learn about his actual life, right. he was in constant pain throughout his entire life. So the condition that he had was that his body would not grow to the size of a, an average human being, average male human being. Right. But the organs within his body did. Oh God. So his heart, his lungs, his kidneys, his everything grew to the size of an average human being. He was in excruciating pain because of the pressure of all his inner organs pressing against his quite small um, kind of cavity mm. that he had. Hervé Villachez had a tragic, tragic life. He turned to the drink. Mm. And he turned to excess within his life um, because he knew that he wasn't going to live a, a full life in terms of the, you know, the average lifespan. He ended up taking his own life mm. um, about a decade after this film. Mm. It's a really horrible, horrible story. And, it, and I find it even... It's tragic when anyone takes their life. Mm. 
And watching him in this and watching the talent that he so clearly possessed mm. to know that he struggled so much in his life, mm. I find that almost unbearable. Mm. It's almost unbearable. And, and I just want to say, I think he was a brilliant actor and I think he deserves the top of my henchman list. Mm. Yeah. Not only because of you know what he went through in his life, but the performance he gave in this film. Every time he's on screen, I light up. Mm. Yeah. I light up. I'm, I'm, I find him irresistible. Did they recently do a biopic? Yes. With, uh, um, what's his Dinklage. name? Peter Dinklage played Hervé Villachez. Mm. And, and Dinklage said in an interview um, around the promotion of that film that when he was younger, he really quite despised Villachez because he thought that Villachez learned, uh, leaned into the whole, um, you know, um, little person as a gag. Mm. Right, kind of right. Thing. But then he said in uh, quite a few interviews that the more he researched him, that he realized that he was a survivor mm. and that he was making, he was forging a path mm. for other people um, with a similar condition um, to, to show that anyone can have a career wow. as an actor. And I think that needs to be um, celebrated. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love him. Knickknack genuinely is one of my top tier henchmen. I'd put he's, him up there. He's yeah, one of my top tier. Mm. Um, I'm not trying to force you into that, giving all that backstory. Um, I just find him endlessly charming. Yeah. If he wasn't endlessly charming, he still had that same back backstory. I wouldn't give him that high ranking. Yeah. But there is something about him that I I adore. Mm. I can't help but be uh, thrilled every time he's on screen. I, I, I think he's one of the strongest parts of the film mm-hmm. for me. When I see him, a similar thing. I think he, I, the, that charisma, that presence really does light up the screen and I think his level of theatricality is so perfect in the world of a Bond film. Yeah. When he's calling out the counts oh. at the duel... Mm. And this, his whole kind of, his whole kind of gesture of like, he's always kind of. Oh, that that wonderful moment when Roger Moore and I I apologize, I won't say the word, but he goes, I've never shot her before, Mm. and he goes, Oh, Monsieur, it's this great little moment of like, Oh, you wouldn't. It's this great little French tease. I know. Oh, it's brilliant. He handles Bond. Perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you big bully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, monsieur. <laughs> Brilliant. Very Brilliant. good. Very good. He's fantastic. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Top tier henchman for sure. We in agreement with that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Top tier. Our MI6 regulars. We don't get much money, Penny. No, we don't. And I would say this is probably the weakest we've seen. Lois Maxwell's money. She was a little bit off that day, I think. You reckon? Just a touch. Yes. Well, she's not given a great outline. No. The... They never found the bullet, darling. Mm -hmm. What? What? It's... Yeah. The weakest writing Mm. for Money Penny, I think, we've seen so far. Mm. Outside of License to Kill, of course. License to Kill, she's given absolutely nothing. Um, Q, Jake... You're a big fan of Q. What do you think of him in this film? 
He doesn't really get a gadget scene. No, he doesn't. He doesn't really. And no, he doesn't hand over any gadgets to, to 007. But he's very present. He's he's present. He's adorable. Mm. I he love is. him. When uh, he explains the... Uh... Oh, I love when he's describing the agitator and he's just about so well, big. we've been working on this thing. Yes. Yeah, you know, <laughs> here we are, 007. And a good cranky performance from old Bernard. Bernard oh. Lee, I wanted to save that, but yes. Man. I think Q is, is, is pretty good in this film. But this is one of Bernard Lee's best performances. Yeah. Yep. It's He's probably pissed. one of the most we see of him. He's pissed off. Yeah. Mm. He woke everyone, up on the wrong side of the bed. Well, everyone keeps letting him down. They're stuffing up big time. Q, even when he keeps interjecting in that scene. Shut He's like, up, all right, Q. that's enough, Q. Thank you. Stop. <laughs> I think he tells Q to shut up twice. He does, twice. Bond and Hip come in and are like, oh, well, this happened and this happened and unfortunately this guy died. And he's like, well, that's rather unfortunate, wouldn't you say? Great. Now we've got nothing. And where so is... Have no leads. Good night. Where yeah. is it? About? I think he's brilliant in this. Yeah. It's one of his best performances. Cranky old bugger. Cranky old bastard. Oh. Outfit of the week. This There's is a, a tricky lot. one. There's a lot of Because I quite liked most of them. Yeah, I and thought... And I didn't think I was a big fan of the 70s. Oof, I tell you. Fuck, I think I am. He's in a lot of different suits in this film. I think my honourable mention goes to the... Burgundy checked number. The bigger checks. Oh, when he arrives... The jacket he wears when he arrives on Scaramanga's Island. Yes. The tweed with the burgundy kind of cross Yeah, I loved that. I thought that was quite mm-hmm. nice. I thought another honourable mention to his little safari shirt, his khaki green safari shirt. I did oh, like yeah. Interesting look yep, for Bond. In Bangkok, yeah. What's my favourite? What is your favourite? My favourite yep. is the outfit he wears when he meets Lazar. That kind of safari jacket that he is wearing oh, when yeah. he turns the rifle on Lazar. Yes, that is nice. As is the linen Dinner jacket. A linen dinner jacket. With the yeah. butterfly bow tie. Or yeah. mm. mm. my, I my can't least favourite, mm. and I'm really having to pull at something here, yes. is when he's being dressed down by M after everything's happening in this in the third act. It's a um, it's a double breasted kind of deep navy jacket with white pants. Right. Just doesn't work for me. Mm. Okay, I can't but remember. Every other outfit, that fucking safari jacket that he wears when he goes into Lazar's um, little gun range. range. Mm. Oh, baby, that's my favorite. Oh, hands down, baby. that's my favorite. I can see why Oliver Brown has remade that safari. I want to be getting outfit. my hands on that safari. Style. I think that I need it, I and I'm not I much of it. a fan of the exposed stitching. No, MJ Bale do that here in Australia yes. like, and I'm not too much of a fan of on it on the lapels on the lapels in yeah, particular I'm not a big fan. but seeing it on that safari suit well it works sold me on it there's a workman like quality to yeah. it yeah oh he, he's the only Bond that I great. think that can pull it off too I can't see Connery in it I can't see Dalton in it and I can't see Brosnan yeah. can't see Lazenby can't see Craig yeah Moore is the only one that I think has the frame to pull it off yeah I, I agree imagine Brosnan in one of those Ooh. it would look no, Silly, it would. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we'd be bagging it out. I, I think, think so. Yeah, he's got great ties. Those full Windsor knots that he's got in his neck. Well, are they Windsor? They look like foreign hands to me. Really? Yeah, they look like foreign hands. Yeah, Fact check that for us. They're not wide enough to be a double, uh, uh, full Windsor, are they? No, but no, they're nice they, and fat. They just they're, 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 full they're quite full. 
but they're they're on a bit of an angle. They oh, kind really? Of, they lilt. They lean to a side. They lilt. Which, they lilt. Which they, yeah, We've spoken lilt. about that. <laughs> We've spoken about that. It's not lilt. They lean. They lean either left or right, which yeah. a Windsor doesn't usually do. No, a Windsor is straight up and down. Yeah. Um, you boys and your weird obsessions. <laughs> Make a podcast on it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, day player of the week. Oh, We're here already. Uh, it down. has to be. You mentioned him. Go on, go on. I can't remember him. I can't remember him. <laughs> yes, he, you he, can. Had, he had one line. He said yes. Uh, it was the guy that was. Um, he was like the the um, hotel. Um, yeah, tell oh, us then. surprise! What would oh, you surprise? Yeah. He's oh, like a. Oh, uh, yeah. May I take that? May I open the room? What's that job called? Bellhop. A bellhop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, was yeah, a, he is a lobby boy. boy. A lobby boy. Lobby boy. Yes. Get your hands off my lobby boy. That guy that yeah. lets bomb no, in the room 602. Ooh. Oh, surprise. That's right. Ooh, surprise. Ooh. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, day player. Fantastic. Yeah. I think we all agree that's yeah, day player sure. of the week. I think out. my runner-up might be the boy on the boat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 200 bar, 100 bar. And he just jumps off. And then he gets 20, pushed off. 20,000 bar. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets pushed <laughs> yeah. off. Um, which is Roger Moore's least favourite moment. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, because he was a UNICEF ambassador, and that makes sense. Yeah, it's not a good yeah. look for a UNICEF a ambassador to be pushing yeah. a poor kid off into the dingy river. Yeah, yeah. Darby, we come to you. Technically, it's Guy Hamilton. This is it. We've seen all of Guy Hamilton's. I think, apart from Peter Hunt, of the originals, this is the first director we've completed. Capped. Of of the ones who had John done Glenn. more than one, have we still we've still got, we've still John got Glenn John Glenn. We've still we've got, got more of Terence. We still got more Terence. We haven't seen any Terence. We got two. Oh, we've, got, we've, no. we've seen oh. Doctor No. Oh. We got two Terences left, and we've got two uh, Glens left, and one Gilbert left. One Gilbert left. Yes. And the other Gilberts are is Moonraker. So you only live twice: Spy and Moonraker. Spy and Moonraker. The Glens are for your eyes only and a view to a kill. Mm-hmm. And the Youngs are from Russia with Love and Thunderball. Okay, well, look. The others are all single films. At the directors. top of this, I did say Hamilton could seal it as my favourite Bond director. Yeah, I don't think he has. He hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't. Still, the ball is still in Glenn's court. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, with these pigeons. With I these think pigeons. Young will win it. I'm going to make a prediction now. I think Young is your favourite director. Wow, okay. Interesting. I mean... I think Johnny Boy's got it. You think Johnny Boy? I think Johnny Boy. Unless if you do a kill kind of upsets me too much. I don't think it will. Mm -hmm. I don't think it will. I actually think... That's Gilbert. Oh, that's Gilbert. Sorry. I actually think A View to a Kill is a really well-made film. Right. I think the problems with A View to a Kill are not so much with how it's made... More mm, some of the things that are in front of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it's still a hell of a lot of fun, though. Yeah, Hamilton was doing um, some great work again in this film. I think what I realised about him here, mm-hmm. which I had had inklings of, is he's a little more style over substance. Yep, I would agree with that. That's my. He still does all the. He does all the technical stuff correctly. Yep. Great at leading the eye. I think his standout scene in this film is that first little fisticuffs moment that Bond has. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the way that he led, leads the actor of that film, way ahead of its time. Um, but, yeah. He... Of, of his films, hmm. which do you think is his standout? Because he's the first of the multiple film directors that we've finished. It would have to be Live and Let Die. 
Live and let die over Goldfinger? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I would go with that. More assured? More assured. More exciting action. Fair um, enough. Yeah, the tip of his peak. The worst of his four. Um, the other one is... <laughs> We've got Goldfinger, Diamonds. Diamonds. And Man with the Golden Gun. Diamonds. Diamonds? Diamonds. Okay. Because mm. of that back end? Because of the back end. Yeah. You know what, it's though? great. This one isn't too much further up the list. Oh, isn't it? No. Oh, my God. We're getting the sneak peek of the rating here. John, he's peeking at the board. Let's talk about, before we jump into ratings, the yeah. score. We've got John Barry. Yes. What do you think of the title song? Because we didn't really talk about that. Did no. you like Lulu's song? It's a Brassy Barry on a Barry track. Brassy Bassy. Brassy Barry track. Brassy. Oh, God. Why would you do that? He didn't hit you. I didn't hear you. I have no here. video evidence. Oh, yeah. this. It's all audio. And wow. T- and, oh, my God. Oh. Holy shit, he just stabbed I Darby. did not do he pulled it. Out oh. oh, my God, he did it again. Oh See, anyone can do it, Jake. See? Oh. Take that to the You're lawyers. You're a liar. Oh. I'll see you in court. This is outrageous. So many lawsuits in this episode. Um, it's a well brassy. Deserved. It's a brassy bassy. On a Barry track. Yes. Yeah. I liked the back half of the song. Didn't really like the start. You liked the quiet a bit. I liked the quiet a bit. The, the, the bridge. Yes, I may be that part. on you yeah, yeah, on yeah. me. See, I love the... Yeah, you're really yeah, selling it for me now. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I did like that. He has a powerful Didn't weapon. Like this. Didn't like this. No. Didn't he like this. charges a million shots. It's a But it's got fucking awesome fucking guitar It was guitar pretty rocky, wasn't it? Oh, I loved it. Oh, it's one of my favourites. I love it. Anytime it comes up on my playlist, I don't hit skip, baby. <laughs> you don't hit anything at all. I don't. I don't hit anything. I you just, just let, let it, play. it play. Yeah, I let yeah. it play. You mm. might start it again if you didn't listen properly. Yeah, if I missed the start of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. What do you think, Jake? I he already it. said. Well, he said it's a brassy bassy. That means nothing. Well, I like a brassy bassy. Yeah, but you. Uh, yeah, I like Shy Cheryl as well because I like Cheryl Crow. <laughs> I like the Shy Cheryl type song. Um, look, I thought it was good. I thought it was good. I don't oh, know. I don't, I don't damn think it with faint praise. Well, I don't think it's one for the history books. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Left you a little cold. Oh, just... Or didn't warm you up. Doesn't, yeah, it didn't really kind of heat so me up. left you cold. Left me... Did it leave you cold or did it warm you up? Left me tepid. I don't oh. understand you, Jake. <laughs> I would have what? thought you would have gotten all around this. I thought you would have got up and boogied. No, I didn't get up and boogie, which oh, I thought I might have. out of here. You know... I get up and boogie with Goldeneye. I get up and boogie with... Uh, um, world is Not Enough? Yeah, The World Is Not Enough. I'll really? Get up and boogie. I'll get the up and boogie with... The World Is Not Enough. You don't boogie to that. You well, boogie you... to that, but you don't boogie to... He has a powerful weapon. I'll boogie to live and million shot. Hear me over Brandon's <laughs> album. <laughs> Please, please, I'll, I'll pause for a second. <laughs> I'll boogie to live and let die. Golden night, golden night. You'll sure. boogie to bum 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 bum. Yeah, when I, I say that, boogie, I boogie that. It gets yeah, me in I, the it's mood. It's a fucking amazing bond. When I say boogie, boogie, it's like it gets me in the mood. This. Yeah, 
Yeah, but then it turns into a show tune. Or Bobby. Or Bobby my head to it. A show tune. But isn't that what Goldfinger is? Goldfinger. No, no, no. That's sexy. He's a man. The man with the mightest touch. It's his weird Peter Griffin voice. It's not Peter Griffin. It's Peter Griffin. But... Don't go in down it. It's more Red Red Rocks. Red Red Rocks. Don't go in Golden Worlds. Right, I think we need to wrap this up. <laughs> We've got to be here all day. Do you like it or not? <laughs> I like it. All right, fine. I like it. That's all I'm going to say. All right, Darby, what's your rating? Um, Look. 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 Good old Rog. Yes. Solid villain. Great villain. Yeah. Some interesting moments. A little let down by some slow points. How some dare you. silly choices. Um I just wasn't really riveted by this film. It's definitely not stirred. It was a positive bond experience for me. Great. Great. Positive team. positive bond experience. I'm surprised by that. But I'm gonna give it a shaken. It's a six point five. Ooh. Six. So it's a, well, I don't it's know reaching. if I bow to your logic. Yes, you do. Um, you want it, You're gonna give. You're gonna. You're gonna hand out our first point five. No, 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 no. I'm just gonna make my mind up. I think you're a bit generous. I think I gotta go six. I think it's a shaken six. Wow. All right, Mr. Spear. I had a good time. Yeah. I had a good time. Alright. I think this oh, is... Oh, we're not saying it is, yeah. mate. <laughs> You're so defensive. Um, I'm not going to let you pause here. Roger, go, go, Roger go, Roger was go. great. Roger was... I actually loved him. I thought he was... I thought he was really carrying this film. There's some great elements of the middle of this film. Dips. It dips a bit. It's certainly not... Quite the, a bit. It's like an old mattress. It dips, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple of... It's like my mattress. Broken springs in it. Oh boy, I'm a big fat boy. Um, <laughs> JW should be completely omitted from this film. J bloody from W. Franchise. Two points off for him alone. Wow. Yes. yes. Next yeah. time, Mr. Broccoli, you're considering putting JW back in your movies? Yeah. Remember, you lose two points from me. That's right. Yep, you heard it here. Maud was great. Villain was great. I mean, Nick Knack, fantastic. Score was solid. I think it was. I think it was a really good Bond film. I'm going to give it a seven. Seven? It's a shaken seven. Definitely shaken. Had a good time. <sighs> you influenced by my score there? Did you want to give it an eight? No, I thought you were going to give it a seven, and then I would have felt insecure. And would have given it an eight. Maybe. Okay, See, this well, is a thing with you, Jake. Yeah, but this is a thing with both of you. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the most generous here. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this film a shaken six. Are you? But yes. you love this. You yeah, love but this. it's a guilty pleasure. No, you're, this you're, makes no you're sense. a contradiction. No, no, you're it's a, a guilty pleasure. I'm thinking you're a moral inconsiderate critic. No, 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 Inconsistent. Let me state my Let me state my case. He knows everything. Doesn't know how to score a film. He doesn't know how to score a film. Let me bloody say so. You have the floor, Mr. McClellan. All right. Is it a Living Daylights? Absolutely not. Is it a Golden Knight? Absolutely not. Is it a Twine? Absolutely not. Is it on a Majesty's? Absolutely not. Is it a Living Living and let die lost. <laughs> is it a live and let die? Absolutely not. So you think this is Is as it a good? diamonds? No. Mm. This film is is fine. It's a fun, fine 
Bond film. The middle sags so much that it can't be top tier. Mm. But would I recommend this to someone? Absolutely. You want to have fun? Put would this you recommend this film. first or License to Kill? Uh, I would say it's on par with License to Kill because License to Kill is the Bond gone serious a little too far. This is Bond gone camp a little too far. Mm. Only a little bit. Only yeah, a bit. only a little bit. But both of them are only a little bit. You know what I mean? They're I'd both... put this on before License. Uh, so would I. So would I. But I think I'd put License on. You would. But yeah. I think they're around the same same region. So I'm going six. I Why? think Maud, Ad- Maud Adams is great. Francisco Scaramanga, he's a top tier, and I don't care what you say. He's a top tier. But you're Bond still only giving for it me. Six. Shut the goddamn mouth! Giving it six. Or you, it's got your favourite henchman. The, it's got your favourite villain. Yeah. J.W. Pepper. J.W. Pepper songs. drops two points it's off. Got your favorite, right? It's got your favourite one pre-title of, sequence. One of them. One of, one of them. No, not my favourite pre-title sequence. It's not by a long shot. You were singing its praises. Yeah, I think it's praises, but it's not my favourite. I like it. J.W. Pepper, are you serious? You said yourself, two points off. That's me. Yeah. Not well, you. I'm, I'm applying that to myself. Oh. That middle section sags so badly with the kung fu and the high fat and the J.W. Pepper that it drops a couple of points off. This film could be a seven, could be an eight, if it just fixed its middle section up. But... You should fix your As is, I'll fix my middle section up <laughs> when I'm good and ready. I'm in isolation, so I've got nothing to do but work out. Although, I've got also nothing to do but drink. <laughs> I'm taking a sip right now for the podcast. Mm-mm. So a six. It's a six. We're even Stevens. So wow. you rated it higher than me. You Absolutely. bloody... I've still oh, not rated that. higher than the both of you. It's better than diamonds. I was expecting, I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. a four from you, Deck. Wow. A five from you, Mr. Spear, and a six from me. Oh, it's good. It's a good movie. How can I definitely shaken? Yeah, Clearly shaken. Clearly shaken. I can tell your face. <laughs> All right, fine. No, I'm I'm happy. I'm actually quite happy. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let it sink in. Let it sink yeah, no, in. No, I'm quite happy because this is an officially shaken Bond film, according to Trey Bond. Yes, yes it is. I'm shaken. happy with that. All right. And you know what time it is now? Oh. It's Stetson. Stetson time, oh, baby. Get it out. And we've now, only got... We've got five films left. Oh, my Who goodness. wants to go first? The hat's nearly redundant. I went first last time. Did you? It's nearly redundant, but not yet. Oh. No, it's never redundant. That's why I said redundant, 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 redundant. Don't make jokes, Jake. That's for Darby and I. Yeah. Mr. Deck. Oh, oh. And now I'm reaching into the hat. There's only three names left in there. I've picked one. Okay. The hat goes over here. All right, it's going down there. Okay. In the order in which we drew, Mr. Spear. Ladies and gentlemen, it's for your eyes only. Oh, it's a good one. Or, ladies and gentlemen, is it a view to a kill? (laughs) Or is it, ladies and gentlemen... From Russia with love. Oh, oh it keeps coming up. Oh. God, it wants to keep coming up. Mm. All right, Jake. Two Rogies to one. Pick a number, Jake. I'm going to take four, please. Duh. I'll take three. I would like six. Five. I'll take one. Four and six. Two and five. And I will take three and one. Rolling the dice. Oh. <gasps> 
It's a one, ladies and gentlemen. Oh which means my God. that next week's episode will be 1963's From Russia with Love. Ooh. Finally. See you then. Yeah.